0: And welcome to Starkcast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I am talking with my friend from the Leftover Army, Stephanie Chapman. What's up, Stephanie?
1: Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. You didn't oh you did ask me how I was doing. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, we're almost hundred episodes in. This is already one of my favorite intros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I'm excited to get you on StartCast. I, I feel like you and I have podcasted together on PCL and I think on ScenicCast, but but never on here. So this is this is a first and I'm very excited about
1: it. Uh, you're excited. I am excited. When you asked me, I couldn't jump on the opportunity fast enough. So I'm super excited. And I can't believe that we've done, I, you're right, like we've, we've podcasted together on both of the other two podcasts and like now it's like culminating in this epic i'm using very strong words this epic this epic like season finale it's not a season finale but like this epic event like (laughs) yes but that's what i'm gonna consider it that's fine Um, in my mind
0: season finale (laughs) we've got storylines to wrap up here now there's a lot of pressure (laughs) (laughs) how will we land it uh speaking of all that you write reviews also
1: i do i do i write reviews for pcl um for rotten tomatoes and then i also write reviews for scenic cast and like i never would have thought that like for my first time guest hosting on like a podcast that i'd end up writing like reviews for other people to read but i've i kind of love it
2: that's
0: fantastic i love your reviews too they're always very well written
1: thank you so much That was a Friday treat. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Writing reviews is an art, you know, it's, and, and, and I feel like you're good at it. You capture the essence of it. You get down to the, the, you know, the, the brass tacks of it, I guess you could say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very like, when people say things like you get down to the brass tacks, I always picture like, like a 1940s, stay with me here, like a 1940s (laughs) like banker who's like you know like that's how we talk to so like you know, <laughs> you know they're sugar like you know like that's what i'm thinking when i hear phrases like brass tacks. very great phrase like a great comeback like when people use words like fantastic and terrific i feel like people don't use terrific nearly enough and i feel like i'm glad that you brought back brass tacks because it's a solid <laughs> phrase solid
0: terrific's one of my favorites and it, it, uh, it always makes me think of charlie from lost
1: I've never seen long. Really? I know. And it's, I feel, no, I've never seen it. And I, it's one of the shows that it's been on my list, but like the longer I waited to watch it, the farther removed it was. And I didn't know if it was worth it to go back.
0: It's good, but it, it, it's a victim of the, the television show format of that era, meaning that they're like 23 episode seasons, you know? So, I mean, they're 23, 24. I mean, they're, they're pretty fucking long seasons and i i was just telling my wife the other day we were talking about lost and i said you know what i think lost had it come out now it probably would have really benefited from like the shorter like you know like 10 to 13 season or 10 to 13 episode seasons it probably would have benefited a bit from that because i think there's definitely some filler in there in lost but the the cool thing about lost is every episode kind of focuses on like one character And for the majority of the show, it shows flashbacks from that character's, like, life before they got to the island.
1: How long were they on? Like, do they ever give you any, by the time the show ends, any sense of how long they were there?
0: Well, it all depends on which character you're talking about. Because some of the characters were on the island for, like, many, many years. Some of the characters were only on there for a few months before they got off, and then they were off the island for several years, and then they went back to the island and then there was like this whole fucking time thing where some of the characters went back in time and were actually living in the island on the seventies or oh, living man. on the island in the seventies and it it's you just have to watch the whole thing to to really because the like the the island's just like this weird it's almost like a like a weird nexus point of. Like all these different energies where perhaps it's magical, perhaps it's, it's you know, amenable to scientific study. I don't know. They they don't really go to a lot of lengths to answer questions like that. At the end of the day, it's, it's really much more of a just a character driven show with all these characters. It kind of shows like with the flashbacks and stuff, it shows all these different things that happen in their life that kind of led up to them going on the Island or it's kind of illustrating why they're behaving the way they are now. And, and it's, it's just a really interesting take. And, and as you watch it, you really, really, you know, get to know a lot of these characters. And I, I think it's one of those shows also where it's easy to find lots of articles online and stuff where, where, where people will say, you know, like, Oh, the finale for loss was like a total miss, but yeah. like really it, and I think that's more coming from the fact that the internet is full of casuals who like to just like make noise off a headline. Mm-hmm. You know, it's maybe not even somebody who watched the entire show. And now all of a sudden they're making comments on what the finale was like and, and giving their rating on it. It's like, well, you're not even a fan. Like you're a casual, like okay. your opinion on the finale really shouldn't hold as much weight as somebody who watched the entire thing. And Cause there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I knew it. They were dead the whole time. And it's like, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> that is not what happened at all. When they were on the island in the first several seasons, the, those people were all alive. And then like in the last season, it's, it's I, I, I don't know. You just, you, you have to watch it to watch the, the way that it all unfolds. And personally, I thought it had a pretty good ending, but I remember talking with it the next day at work, you know, that water cooler discussion and there are people who are like asking all these questions, and so I'm answering them. They're like, where are you getting all these answers? And I'm like, just from knowing things in previous seasons. I'm like, they didn't come out and like spoon-feed all of it to you, but it's like, if you obsessed over the show enough, it's like, a lot of those answers were pretty apparent. But I, I don't think they were happy enough with that explanation. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first show that I went totally nuts over, though really oh i was on like dot com every day reading up all the newest stuff and uh th- that was back before i even had a dvr so in like the first few seasons it was recording the episodes on vhs and then oh, good old watching, vhs oh God. watching them over and over again <laughs> absolutely flipping my shit if there was like a thunderstorm warning or something and the news took over part of the broadcast <laughs> like just pacing in my living room like you motherfuckers you better air this again <laughs> at two
1: <laughs> that was the sh- <laughs> sorry, that visual is amazing by the way <laughs> totally accurate that's, <laughs> that's the show with the big brother from party of five right uh
0: oh. big brother from party of five
1: is it name scott something the actor the main dark haired guy
0: uh Ma- matthew fox
1: That's what I meant.
0: Okay. Yeah. Matthew Fox plays uh, (laughs) Jack, who's like, kind of, it's an ensemble cast, so there's no one main character, but yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I don't know where I get Scott from. I don't know. You know, I'm sorry. Okay.
0: (laughs) What was the first show that you ever stumbled upon that made you react like that, where you were just like, totally obsessed over it, couldn't stop thinking about it, couldn't wait for that next episode to drop?
1: Like, as an adult, that is a Great question I would oof, I would probably say as an ooh, that's a tough one I can think of a thousand as a kid but like as an adult probably um Oz maybe
0: oh that's one that I never watched
1: oh really
0: yeah I mean like I caught like just a handful of episodes but we never regularly had HBO when I was younger
1: so yeah, I missed I was, out on
0: Oz and Sopranos.
1: Oh, yeah. I never saw Sopranos. My mom was obsessed with Sopranos. I'd say Oz more so, Um, I was just about to name another HBO show and it just slipped my mind. But like, Oz and Boardwalk Empire, those two, Boardwalk Empire came after, but Boardwalk Empire, like, in every Sunday night, I think it was Sunday, I'd be in front of the TV. You couldn't stop me. <laughs> Oz, I remember, Oz sometimes was hard to watch. There was like, lots of like prison rape and stuff like that. And like... So, like, that, that's a little difficult to watch, but I remember being obsessed with it. I also remember not finishing Oz. So Here's the thing, too. But I would say Oz and Boardwalk Empire, to answer your question. I also didn't finish Boardwalk Empire, but only because I have this really bad habit of when a show is, like, excellent, at some point, I just, if, it, they're, if they're not giving me anything new, I don't, like, I can't, like, I can't, it can't keep my focus. That hasn't happened in a very long time. Like I tend to try to finish shows now, but Boardwalk Empire it happened with. And if I miss a couple of episodes, then I've got to catch up. That's also harder to do. It's easier to do now with like DVRs, but I didn't have a DVR at the time. Um, like you just said, I didn't have a DVR at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would say yeah, probably Oz and Boardwalk Empire were the first two shows that like don't. I don't want to hear the like if I miss like you know if I haven't seen the episode yet. People are like Did you see Boardwalk Empire, shut your face. I don't and this gets me into something else. I'm so sorry, but like, I'm going to go on. This. I'm going to get so mad.
0: Please do. it. I,
1: I hate when people don't respect the fact that like, everybody hasn't seen the show and it's like 24 hours after it came on or 40, like give people a, a, like, if you know somebody that's watched it, feel free to have a conversation, but like be respectful, especially if it's a popular show to not just spoil it on the internet for everybody. That's such a D bag move. I hate that.
0: Yeah. And it's so common these days. Like, on on Wednesdays, like I've been loving Hawkeye uh, mm-hmm. and really loving it enough that I don't really want to get spoiled on stuff for it. And so now it's like Wednesdays, I'm going to watch it with my kids. I get up earlier than they do. I had the option that I could watch it by myself first thing in the morning and then I don't have to worry about this shit. But it's like it's more fun to watch it for the first time with them. So that means I got to go all day without <laughs> that, you know, and then all you know, evening after work, lunch breaks, all this shit and like do not open Reddit, do not open Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do it because you might accidentally, you know, get something spoiled. And, you know, sometimes I'm there's some properties where it's like, I don't give a shit about spoilers. And in fact, some stuff it's like, I almost enjoy it better. If I know what's going to happen. Like sometimes, like if I'm getting super anxious, watching a horror movie, I'll read up on the end of it. I'll be yeah. like, all right, which one of these fuckers is going to die.
1: <laughs> you know, then, That's and then not I'm a more bad idea. <laughs>
0: But with, like, you know, stuff that I legit care about, like Marvel and stuff like that, it's, like, some spoilers I don't want to know, you know? It's, like, like with, with Spider-Man No Way Home next week dropping, like, what is it, 48 hours early in the mm-hmm. UK? It's, like, oh, that's a social media blackout for, like, what, Wednesday on?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, it has to be, almost. I mean, that's, that's all. I, I mean, I know that sometimes we get things before they do, and so, like, I can't be too upset about it, but there's... I'm going to have to almost steer clear of the internet completely. I feel the same way.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I don't want Spider-Man no way home spoiled in that way. You know, like, like spoilery, like Reddit theory discussions and stuff on PCL is one thing, but actually mm-hmm. getting it like flat out spoiled on the internet just a couple days before I'm going to see it in the theater would be a real bummer.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah. I agreed. That reminds me of, I remember being really upset when the, Harry Potter, the book, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince came out. And I remember waiting at the bookstore to get the book. I remember I just like hunkered down and read the book in like a couple of days. But I remember going to the mall shortly thereafter and somebody had like a shirt on or something that said like Dumbledore dies on page something, something, something. Oh, my God. What a prick. To- what a total D-bag move. And I remember thinking to myself that like to me, like, that, that's scummy stuff, like scummy like just awful because people think they're badass or they think they're like you, I don't know what they think they think they're being funny like oh that grinds my gears I hate when people do stuff like that because people do it not knowing because they're not being considerate and they, all they care about is what they want to talk about or what they want to know and then people just do it because they know ruining it for somebody people do it you know people do it in Avengers movies I'm just like that's such like what's why yeah upset. it's just yeah. an asshole move it is a total it's a total asshole move
0: I remember when Half-Blood Prince came out and like, I, I bought it like I had it so that it, no, that was probably Deathly Hallows. So I think I had to actually go buy Half-Blood Prince somewhere, but you remember Deathly Hallows? They did it. So it shipped, it shipped early. So you actually got it the day of release. Yes. Yeah. It's a, anyway, I got that confused for a moment. I think Half-Blood Prince, I don't think they did that, but, but luckily I read my copy early enough because I, at the time, was working for this window tinting company. And so this helper that I had with me, she was like sitting in the passenger seat and her phone rings. And then she's talking on the phone. She's like, oh, yeah, I just finished Half-Blood Prince. Oh, yep. Yep. Albus Dumbledore. And I'm just like looking at her like, what the? Like, because people were coming up to me because they knew I was a big Harry Potter fan. And they were like, hey, who dies? And these were casuals who didn't read the books. And I'm like, read the Mm -hmm. fucking book. Yeah. I, ju- I, ju- I just want to know who dies and in my mind I'm like why you don't care enough to read the books so <laughs> you just want to know that means you want to know for a talking point just so you can what, walk around and spoil the ending of this book series you don't even read fuck you I'm not telling you who fucking dies
1: yeah no I'm not going to give you ammo to be a d-bag <laughs>
0: <laughs> some people it's unbelievable yeah. I, th- I, you- I think some people just want to to have that little feeling of importance that they're conveying heavy information of some sort.
1: Absolutely. It's a form like, it's a slight, it's like a weird, is it, is that narcissism? Like, like, like you have, you have power. Cause you know something the other person doesn't know.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, in and that power, you know, is, is um kind of exercised in, in you going around and telling people, this information, whether they want to know it or not. And for some people, it's probably even better for them if they're actively saying it to somebody who doesn't want to know it. It's like, oh, yeah. oh I spoiled your little geek thing for you. like exactly. Why would you do that, though? God. Like, like, what did you get out of that? Like, that's where you get your dopamine hits is by being cruel to other people. Like, wow, I bet you're fun at parties.
1: Exactly. And like, it's those kind of people that I don't feel bad like when they get their tires slashed. Or like, <laughs> I don't want anything like... But I want you to never be able to, like, I want you to always lose the back of your remote control. Like, always. Life will be miserable for you. And I, and I, I wish that upon you.
0: That is my new favorite insult. I want you to always lose the back of your remote control. <laughs> my pe- previous favorite was, I hope the bottom side of your pillow is never cool.
1: Oh, that, okay, that's a low blow.
0: That's <laughs> a very low blow, right? Can you imagine that? You need to flip your pillow at night and the other side is just as miserable. <laughs> that's one of those like mid-August pillow flips yeah. where it's like I'm pretty sure I woke up 20 minutes ago and flipped this thing
1: <laughs> nothing worse than a yeah there's nothing worse than flipping it and it's just not cool Jeez, oh, yeah that's terrible so you live on the the east coast right yeah I live in Jersey so have you lived there your whole life? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, like born and raised here, I went to college in Virginia and then I lived so I was in Virginia for four years and I lived in Arizona for a couple of years when I went to grad school and now I'm back here. Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. What did you go to school for?
1: Uh I got my undergrad degree in communications and I got my master's in public administration wow. at Arizona State. Yeah, you know. Um and I loved both places actually. I think if I ever left Jersey and I will likely leave. Um, I, I would go back. I would go back to Virginia. I'd probably go back to like the DMV, like the DC, Virginia, Maryland area or back to Arizona. Cause I loved, I just loved both places. I think I lucked up and I didn't end up at a place that I hated. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been to some places that are like desert like, but I've never been to an actual desert and I've always wanted to go
1: to one. Oh, really? Yeah. It's great. Arizona is beautiful. It's great. Like. Don't let anybody, like, please, don't let anybody, if I give you, if I can impart one piece of sage advice on you, don't even be like, it's dry heat.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's what you always hear.
1: <laughs> always hear, it's dry heat. It gets 118 degrees in the summer. You know what else is dry heat? The oven, but I don't get in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hot. So cut the crap, everybody who says it's a dry heat. It's, I guess it is dry, but that doesn't make it any less 118 degrees. So. So so your hair doesn't frizz. What do fucking do?
0: <laughs> so you get the humidity and stuff in Jersey there then, I'm guessing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it gets really bad. I'm on the Jersey shore. So it gets really the the humidity gets really bad here. Um I do love having all four seasons though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like defined seasons are cool. Like I couldn't Agreed. imagine living someplace where it just Yeah, I I don't know. They, they, I mean, there's definitely been times like I've got my little tiny little space heater next to me on my desk and i've been using that a lot like over the last <laughs> month but i i still like it because i go outside there's not bugs like the the only real thing that bums me out about winter is all the living things dying but i love the absence of bugs it's so yes. fucking great
1: are you in the midwest i'm guessing
0: that's right i'm in iowa yeah oh wow
1: i had to go to iowa for a work trip this is like forever ago oh where'd you go I- I was I can't even say this. I was working with Monsanto was Mo- with Monsanto. So I don't know does that does that help? Mm,
0: I have no clue. I, I meant more like, did you know what city you were in?
1: I don't. It was like a big Monsanto plant. I didn't work for them for anybody listening. I went to visit them, it was a whole thing. Um more <laughs> than <laughs> think? I was like growing like hormone laced corn. That's not what I was doing.
0: Um, no, you'd be I, doing the public relations. For <laughs> <them right. laughs> You'd be the one being like, our corn's legit. <laughs> <laughs> on Santo corn all the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's the major airport there?
0: I, I guess it depends if you went into Des Moines, which is the capital, I, or if you uh-huh. went into Cedar Rapids. And Cedar Rapids is on the eastern part of the state. Des Moines is kind of centrally located. And they they both have fairly big airports.
1: remember I do remember though I don't remember where I flew into but I remember it was like a two-hour drive to get where we were going and it was some of the most beautiful scenery I've ever. just rolling green hills like as far as the eye can see
0: and Hmm. you were probably in the northeastern part of the state then because that's where the rolling green hills are
1: okay it's it's beautiful there
0: fucking way beautiful (laughs) When, when you're in like the western part of the state or the southern part of the state it's it's pretty flat like especially like where i-80 goes through and a lot of people you know will be like oh yeah i drove through iowa on i-80 and it's like it was fucking boring as shit wasn't it <laughs> i hope you enjoyed the world's largest truck stop there but, <laughs> but you know otherwise like eighty's boring but yeah you get up into that northeast part of the state and it gets really pretty i'm glad you got to see that
1: yeah I mean, and it's, I, it's a never a state i ever thought i'd visit and i had the opportunity to do it and i was like i mean why not and i was like who i mean this is a like this is a well-kept secret like why isn't why isn't that on the iowa iowa wait what what do you call an iowa person i iowian uh, Iowan. Iowan <laughs> <laughs> i sounded like i was having a stroke
0: Iowan. I- <laughs> i'm a <an> iowian <laughs>
1: <laughs> like that should be on the license plate like rolling hills for days i don't know i'll work on it with the pr team but like it, it would be something oh it was gorgeous and then i ended up at an olive garden but
0: hey nice it was,
1: can, we, yeah. so can we normalize people liking olive garden please <laughs> i need people to stop shitting on people who like the olive garden like immediately
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah it's italian food it's it's good and yes, it's it's not the same as like a ma and pa shop or whatever, but I mean hey, right. there's nothing wrong with the tour of Italy.
1: <laughs> no. Not and nothing wrong with the with the with the salad, the dressing, which quite frankly should go down in history. That salad is that dressing is amazing.
0: <laughs> and, which is your salad and dressing of choice there? Wait, say that again? What is your salad dressing of choice there?
1: Like the standard one that they give you, like the one like Oh, the, just like the, like the like house a, one or whatever? Yeah. Oh, so good. And then the breadsticks, and then when you're done with the salad and there's salad dressing left on the plate, and then you dip the breadstick in the salad dressing. <laughs> come on, I mean, like it hits me right. Sometimes I swear I'm getting pregnant. It tastes <laughs> so good, so good. My only issue with the Olive Garden, and I'm, I don't mean I don't mean to take over the conversation. I'm so sorry. I just oh no,
0: this, this is all good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like dairy, and so like they like load it up with the garlic butter and so I, I always end up taking the breadstick and the napkin that it comes in and then I take the breadstick and I like rub it on the inside of the napkin like vertically but it always looks like I'm jerking off the breadstick and like that's the best way to get it off so like I've had people like look at me like what are you doing I'm like mind your business
0: <laughs> it looks like to- I'm jerking off the breadstick <laughs> but it's the best way to get it off
2: <laughs> oh I didn't even catch that <laughs> It's <laughs> oh, <that's>
0: really fantastic <laughs> i am hungry for olive garden now though <laughs> i'm such a basic bitch when it comes to salads though like i was i was like a total fat kid through high school and so i never even ate like veggies and stuff until i was like in my god my late 20s oh wow oh my gosh i was i was I was working at this place where I had to travel to go there. Um, I'd gotten hired by a window tinning company. And so they sent me to Jonesboro, Arkansas to spend a week learning with this like certified trainer who had done like tens of thousands of cars. And that guy like legit knew his shit. He was he like he made tinning cars look really fucking easy. But um, he sent some of his guys to Sonic to get us lunch one day. And they came back with this, handed me this burger that had lettuce and tomato on it. And I was like trying to make a good impression on these guys, and they were also like already making fun of me because, you know, I was from up north. And <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be the guy that pisses and moans about the veggies on my burger when I asked for none on it. And so I just Have ate- Have you it. never
1: eaten veggies on your burger bar?
0: I'd never had lettuce and tomato on a burger, ever. Nothing beyond fucking pickles and onions. Wow. And, and so I ate it, and it was this sonic double cheeseburger with like, you know, pickles, onions lettuce tomato and, and it was fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> to the point where the next day i was like looking forward to getting my sonic burger with all these fucking veggies on it and then i went to subway and fucking went all out and started getting veggies on
1: subs <laughs> it, it was a gateway burger it
0: really was <laughs> and so from there also then it like opened up into well, I think I should try some fucking salads and then so then i like totally fell in love with caesar salads and Actually, I had a Caesar salad r- wrap for lunch today. It was incredible.
1: Wow. Were you just, were you like, you just didn't want to try? Had you tried it and not liked it? Vegetables? I, or I, I don't know what was wrong with
0: me when I was younger. I, I don't know if I was just super obstinate. My parents eventually just got to the point where they're like, yeah, fuck it. We're not going to try to get you to eat these veggies anymore. Or what the deal was. But yeah, it was my late 20s when I finally fucking started eating veggies. <laughs> <laughs> that is a story. Yeah, it's wow. it's kind of sad, and <laughs> that it took me that long. But but now it's like I love green beans. Like I love Brussels sprouts if prepared correctly. I love broccoli. You know, it's like I like all these like really good vegetables for you. But yeah, for the first twenty some years of my life, I never fucking ate them. Yeah.
1: that caveat by the way is instrumental when describing uh, Brussels sprouts. Oh they've gotta yeah, be, they've got to be prepared correctly. Otherwise, they're straight trash. But when they're prepared correctly they are some of the most amazing things on the planet
0: oh the first time i ever had them and enjoyed them i was on a a climbing trip in kentucky and my friend alberto uh was making tacos on this flat top grill that was in like the common area in this like Mm. camp that we were staying in and uh it was like steak and jalapenos and uh and like chopped up brussels sprouts and like some other stuff. But I was biting into it. And I was like, what's this crunch in it? It's amazing. He's like, oh, those are Brussels sprouts. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> and so then I like had him put on a clinic for me. Like, how the fuck did you cook these and get them like that? And he's like, it's just, it's just coconut oil and salt, my friend. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. And so then I went on a tear and started buying <laughs> Brussels sprouts and eating them constantly. And just cooking them in a, I got a big wok. And I would just cook them in that fucking wok with coconut oil and salt and pepper. And, oh, they're fucking incredible. That
1: sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> I know my mouth's watering now for Brussels sprouts. <laughs> there's, some, there's some listener out there that's full on, full on fucking hurling right now because we're talking about it. But it's like, you don't know, homie.
1: That means you just haven't had good Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh, they're so
0: delicious. Oh, oh they can be but man, there's, there's some veggies and stuff that I just can't like, um, is, is there any like specific veggies or foods that it's just like, like, say like something on a pizza, like if it's on there, like there's not even any picking it off. This thing's fucking ruined. You can't eat it.
1: Oh, good one. Good one. Oh, um, that is an excellent question. I don't, okay, I'm gonna tell you something. this. Okay. This is going to sound strange. I don't like anything. I don't like cooked fruit, like outside of like a pie. Like I'll eat like a cherry pie. Uh-huh. But like, I don't like, like, I don't like cooked. Like I'm not a big fan of like cooked fruit. I'm not even a big fan of like fruit where fruit shouldn't be. So like, I I'm not a. like, I would like, please don't put apples in my salad. Like, please don't put mandarin origins in my salad because I don't know who raised you. Like, no, I I'm think that's
0: weird that. too.
1: Yes. I can't do it. I also don't eat dairy, so that for, that means there's a lot of things I just either don't eat, or if if I can't take the cheese off, I just don't eat it. But that's like more broad. Um, but I also, I mean, anchovies. But like most people, a lot of people think those are gross. I'm not a big fan of cooked tomatoes. Ooh. Like I'll eat pizza and like salt, like tomato sauce, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like cooked tomato, like in a dish. Oh God, uh-uh, no.
0: Your jersey came out huge when you said sauce. I loved it. <laughs> I don't know about the sauce. And I'm like, yes, that is where you're from. <laughs> I'm just the opposite with tomatoes, though. Like if, if I'm going to eat them raw, you got to get them real. Like you got to like slice them with a mandolin, like make them really thin for me. Uh, but otherwise, it's like you can give me a giant, huge chunk of tomato if it's been like cooked, say in like a pot of chili or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck me up, fam! Really? <laughs> oh, I love it. I fucking love a big giant stewed tomato. But if it's cold, get the fuck away from me with that.
1: <laughs> so you don't eat like, like a like a raw tomato, like sliced with like salt and pepper.
0: I can't do it. I've I've tried so many times. And like what I was saying earlier, how I discovered that I like them on a burger. They have to be sliced thin. If it's like a quarter inch thick slice of tomato, I'll take one bite and then I'll fucking perform some burger surgery and I'll pull that fucker right out of the middle of there and slap it down on the wax paper. <laughs> Look at my wife and go, you want this tomato? She, lo- she loves tomatoes.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Rot, that's so crazy how we're like opposites. I can't do cooked and you can't do raw. Ro- that's crazy.
0: How about sun dried? How do you feel about sun dried tomatoes?
1: I I'd, I'd prefer not. <laughs> They're so <laughs>
0: flavorful though. Granted the texture's weird, but it is very weird.
1: <laughs> very strange.
0: There's a Papa Murphy's pizza that we get sometimes. It's their um the herb chicken Mediterranean. It's like on the thin crust. And so it's got like baby spinach on it and um and uh chicken. And then it's also got sun dried tomatoes. Then ah, they're fucking magical.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Magical. That's the first time I've heard somebody use that adjective to describe tomatoes. But I'm here for it. I'm here for it.
0: (laughs) I grew a bunch of heirloom tomatoes and um, cherry tomatoes in my garden one year and got really good at making my own homemade spaghetti sauce with it. But I, I can't eat them. I can't eat them raw. I just can't do it.
1: Wow. So you don't like I'm assuming you don't like them in salads then.
0: No, but when I first started eating salads, I would do it. But it's so weird. It's like because you bite into it and the thing just like explodes in your mouth. It's it's like nature's gusher. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> but like I love it exploding in my mouth and being nature's gusher. If it's like cooked, like if it was in that wok with all my Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <and everything. laughs> Those they're almost like the like the timer when you're cooking veggies in a walk like that. It's like, all right, your cherry tomatoes are starting to explode. Everything's done.
1: (laughs) Oh man. Wow. I do I will say this. Tomatoes to me can be very overpowering if you like in a salad or something, if you have too many, or if like I don't know. I feel like you have to have the right amount of tomato. Otherwise I'd just rather not have tomatoes. But speaking of tomatoes. I any day I put grapes in a salad over a tomato and I just said I don't like fruit in my salad. That's
0: what I was gonna say. I,
1: like, I just realized a loophole in my own thing. I it's love... like you don't like fruit where fruit doesn't go.
0: <laughs> but you're like grapes. You're like you're like the bouncer just pulling aside the velvet rope, like you can come in grape. <laughs> you guys are okay.
1: Yes, they but, get bottle service on a salad.
0: But your mandarin orange friends are gonna have to stay the fuck outside. <laughs>
1: God, no. Oranges on a who? I can't even. I'm getting angry thinking about mandarin oranges on a salad. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> like little pieces of vaginas in your salad. Like I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird.
0: <laughs> so you don't like the way they taste or the way they look. <laughs> it's it's...
1: It's the it's the taste in the salad. The look doesn't bother me. Um, but they <laughs> Did just kind you of just say that.
0: their little vaginas. <laughs> it's the taste, it's the taste. Well, I'm like I'm like, are there citrus flavored vaginas out there? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big world. <laughs> there <It> could be.
1: <laughs> oh my god! You know, it's just the taste. It's like the sweet, and like it's just I like hearty things in my salad. I also yeah, yeah, a good, like, a hearty salad. Like I also don't like lettuce in my salad. And there's nothing wrong with lettuce. It's fine, but like it's not my it's not my preferred salad base. My preferred salad base is kale and you can throw some mixed greens in there, but like and I like kale. I know people have a problem with like super raw kale, but I like how much effort it takes to chew it and how it's like, you know, <laughs> I just, I feel like I'm doing something substantial with kale and like, it also will keep you regular for days. And so I do love kale. So that's my preferred salad. I prefer
0: Um, baby spinach over, over iceberg lettuce for sure.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I feel like it's just such a basic, like there's so many other better options for a salad based than iceberg lettuce.
0: Well, and with iceberg lettuce, it's like when you like get one of those big, giant, thick white pieces and you just oh. crunch into it and it like just turns to water in your mouth. Like that's not an appealing time for me. It's not. Like when that, like, yeah. I almost like when I see those big giant pieces in a salad, I'm almost like, oh, we're going to push that shit off to the side. <laughs> like, the, like, no, I, I, Yeah. it's gnarly okay. shit, but, it but like the, and the really thin, like leafy parts, like, yeah, that's pretty good. It is basic true. though. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I don't even think they have calories, do they? No, I, it's I, just I, don't, like think it, I don't think
1: they do because it's like just water. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it does have many calories.
0: Huh. Hmm. You'd mentioned anchovies earlier. I went for a very long time without ever trying those, and then I got a I ordered a Caesar salad. I think it was at a Hilton hotel in Germany. I ordered this Caesar salad, and it had anchovies in it.
1: Like, I, not just in the dressing, but in the salad like
0: itself? in the salad. And they were, like, like little fillets. Like, if you used your fork and picked it out, it was probably, like, a little over an inch long. And it was shaped like a little fish fillet. And, like, okay. so, like, I got one and, like, you know, got, like, you know, the perfect bite, you know, where it had a little bit of everything from the salad and then put that anchovy on there also and tried it. And I was like, okay, one full anchovy with a bite is a little too intense. And so then I started cutting them up into thirds. And then those... Perfect bites were perfect. It added just a little bit of salt. It, it wasn't like a, a heavy enough flavor to like get like a fishy taste or anything with it. It just tasted like an interesting salt flavor.
2: Really?
0: It was pretty good. To the point where I was like, fuck, I had a positive experience with anchovies. You know, and like growing up on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and shit, you know, and like anchovies <laughs> were like a the fucking butt of a of a joke, <laughs> you know? So it's like. I was led to believe that this is going to be a terrible experience, and no, it was—it was pretty fucking good.
1: Wow! Have you since tried anchovies either again on Caesar salads yourself, like making yourself, or have you sought them out in a meal, or like have you tried them again that way?
0: I have not had them since. I've—I oh. I haven't even considered buying them in the store. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When you said that,
0: that was almost a revelation. Where I was like, <laughs> I could go and buy a little can of those and try it.
1: I could throw yeah. them in my
0: next chicken Caesar salad wrap.
1: That see,
0: incorporate. I have an obsession with those wraps. They are so good.
1: <laughs> a good wrap is a solid lunch. Like you can't convince me otherwise. Like a good, like oh, that chicken, uh, a seasoned, a uh, uh, Caesar wrap sounds really good right now.
0: That's <laughs> yeah, pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a nine-year-old liking them, too. So that's, that really? feels like a, a, a huge win that we can like kind of trick a nine-year-old into eating a salad <laughs> by, by wrapping it in a tortilla. <laughs> so
1: by any means necessary. <laughs> Do anchovies have bones in them? Um, I don't
0: know. I know really small fish like sardines. You can just eat those whole. Maybe that's what I'm thinking, sardines. But the, enough, the anchovies yeah. I ate, they were like tiny little fish fillets. Like, it was almost like adorable. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> like, like, just like a miniature little fish fillet. Oh, wow. But I tried sardines in high school. Um, of of I was over at a friend's house and his mom was snacking on them where she was taking a sardine and a little bit of yellow mustard and eating it on a Ritz cracker. And so we were both like, what the fuck? And she was like, no, try it. It's really good. And I had to admit that that was legit, really good. And it did. it. And again, it just more tasted like a, a salt taste than, than the actual fish taste.
2: Okay. okay.
0: But I think there's something about sardines. Like if you eat them in the can, there's like some sort of metal content that goes along with it because they were the way they were stored. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't done a lot of research on that, but that was something that I offhand
1: heard. Oh geez, is that a good is that a good like rock climbing snack to bring with or no? It's like straight like protein bars, and then when you set your temp up on the tend up at the side of the mountain and hanging over <laughs> like eternity, it's not a good snack. It's either protein bars and I don't know sugar I, packets, and that's it.
0: I've had climbing partners bring like a whole range of different foods out to the crag to eat. And like one of my friends actually was eating some sort of like fish things that came out of a can like that. One of the last times I went out because this randomly, this cat just came up to us and we're like, what the fuck? There's a cat out here and he's like super friendly. And so Rod was giving him his fish from that little can. He like gave him one of the, there was like three big, I don't know, these were weird fish. They were like. Probably like the the size of like a dude's thumb but like twice as long and there was like three or four of them in this can and the can was like like kind of like the size of like an Altoids tin
2: oh wow i
0: don't know what the hell they were he offered me one right when he opened it and I was like give him a look like are you for real <laughs>
1: <laughs> is this before or after your germany trip? trip
0: uh this was this was recently this was uh in 2020
1: oh okay that was that is recent
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, but but then I'd, like, one of my friends would always bring out different sorts of fruit, and, you know, it all kind of depended on who they were. I remember my friend Troy telling me that he took a, a climbing trip out west to go climb in the desert, and they were going to be gone for a week, and one of the people on the trip brought nothing but boxes of Pop-Tarts.
1: <laughs> oh, my word.
0: And so it all probably just depends on the, the personality of the person going. <laughs> Myself, I was always big on taking, like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Because it was like, it was a good mix of carbs and protein where it's going to give me like that little boost of energy. And then the, the protein and the peanut butter will hopefully give me like a long-term boost of energy too. Oh. But one of the dudes I climbed with was allergic to peanuts. And so I'd have to be careful. And like, because it was like, one of the things in climbing, like you get so high. And if you are like so high up on the wall and if you're lead climbing, then you have to kind of clip the rope in as you go. And mm-hmm. so to do that, you have to pull up the rope, and then you put it in your teeth, and then you reach down, you grab another arm length of rope, and then you pull it up and clip it in. And um, so when I would have a peanut butter sandwich, my buddy that was allergic to peanuts would be like, okay, we have to switch ropes between climbs. And I'm like, God damn, dude, it's that bad? Wow. Like, That's fucking terrible. I yeah, couldn't imagine like, living with an affliction like that. It'd be tough. No,
1: that, yeah, because I, you'd always have to be cautious of where... Where peanuts are, what they're in, like what they've touched, like. Oh, in a life without peanut butter cups, can you imagine that? I I don't even want to think about. I don't want (laughs) to think about the injustice of it all. Reese's (laughs) peanut butter, please. I could I could live off of those for a day. If somebody said all you can eat for the next two days is Reese's, I'd like bet I'm done. It's solid. Oh, they're so good. I haven't tried any of the ones that have other things in them. Like, haven't don't they have like Reese's peanut butter cups with little mini Reese's candies in them?
0: Yeah, I think that's a new thing. I, I don't think I've tried that either.
1: No, I just, if it ain't broke, like just stick with what, you know, like I don't need novel, new novel ways. Like you can give me new shapes, like during the holidays or shapes. That's about as much as I'll take. <laughs>
0: and those are and rad too, because the, the ratio of peanut butter to chocolate, oh, yes! you know, skews way over on the peanut butter side. And so those things get really amazing.
1: They do. Oh, they're, you feel like you're getting more for your money. <laughs> yes. Oh,
0: so God. It's like, I don't care if it's shaped like a pumpkin, an egg, or a Christmas tree. Whatever <laughs> seasonal shape. I want it in my mouth.
2: <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, so-
0: my wife makes these cookies where she'll do uh, peanut butter cookie dough, and she will cook them in a mini muffin tin. And then when they come out of the oven and those cookies are still hot and soft, she will put a mini Reese's peanut butter cup in the center of each one. Oh, my God. And so it's basically a miniature Reese's peanut butter cup wrapped in a peanut butter cookie. (sighs) And that's why I'm fat. (laughs) It has nothing to do with my poor will control or willpower or anything like that.
1: (laughs) That sounds... Amazing! You yeah, have
0: to try. If you have a mini muffin tin, I s- highly suggest making them because if you like peanut butter cups, they are the shit.
1: I wish you wouldn't have told me that. I do have a mini. M- oh, damn it! It's <laughs> <Someone's laughs> taking a trip to the store tomorrow. Yeah. that sounds delicious. That also sounds like something you could eat like ten of in a sitting and not blink.
0: That's what I did early before I took my nap. It probably was not a wise decision. <laughs> I woke up with heartburn. And it's like, what do you think? <laughs>
1: Have you ever cons- – I know, like, you climb, but, like, have you – are there a lot I of mean, – have you ever considered, but are there a lot of – only because I passed this documentary on Netflix, I think, of the guy who's going to climb, like, every, like, mountain or something. Oh, yeah, the Do
0: 14 a- peaks that are all over 8,000 meters.
1: Yes. Do a lot of – are. Are people who climb, like, snowy mountains rock climbers? Or it's not interchangeable, necessarily. Like, you don't have to climb rocks before you climb mountains, snowy
0: mountains. Yeah, there's different, like, disciplines within it. There's, like, you know, within climbing, there's, like, mountaineering, like, mountaineering slash alpinism. Whereas, like, alpinism is, like, a real focus on just getting to the top and back down with as little gear as possible, going really prioritizing speed over every over anything else. Whereas in the past, you know, when like Edmund Hillary and in Tenzing Norgay, like first summited Everest, it was more of like a siege tactics type thing where they would have, you know, lots and lots of gear and establish all these base camps and they might be on the mountain for weeks. You know, the new style of Alpinists want to do it just as quickly as they can. That's something that I've never done nor never had any desire to do. <laughs> it looks like a beautiful, amazing like all the, the documentaries and stuff I see of it are, it's just breathtaking, but it's so easy to die in the mountains and, and climbing for me was always, something I just wanted to do just as a recreational activity, basically just a way to go, a different way to go and have a good time out in the woods with my friends, you know, Right. but like going on a mountain, something like that, like, Oh, that is, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a level of risk that I wouldn't ever be willing to take.
1: And it seems, I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: Go ahead. Oh, no, I I was going to say the, um, the, the more stuff, the stuff I do is called single pitch sport climbing where it's, it's like less than 200 feet tall. Um, Usually you can, you're climbing to the top of the route and then just lowering back down to the ground and untying. And it's the, the protection going up all the way is like concrete anchors that have been put in the rock. And it's, it's, it's a way that it's, It's the form of climbing where it practically encourages you to be falling all the time because the gear is so good that you're able to kind of push your limits and and get on routes that, you know, it might take you like several dozen tries of failing over and over and over again. eventually one time you get to the top and then you lower off and you go to your next project and start the whole, you know, the whole thing over again. Whereas me, (laughs) I always really loved just getting on easy routes that I knew I was going to do on the first try and then just cruising it and having fun on it. And, and so it's, it's, there's all sorts of different disciplines. There's some people who do just bouldering where it's just really small stuff where they don't even have ropes. And so lots of different ways to do it, but the mountaineering people, I mean, they've got balls of solid steel doing that, you know, regardless of their gender, they have tremendous balls putting themselves in those dangerous positions to do that. There's so many things that are outside your control. Like watch that documentary about the person doing those peaks, um, I didn't catch the whole thing, but I watched quite a bit of it while my wife was watching it. Um, but I need to like give myself like an honest viewing of it. And mm. it's, it's amazing. There's lots of shit where you watch on that and you're just like, like cl- them climbing up K2 and having these giant seracs, which are basically like, imagine like an office building made of ice that's hanging over the top of you that during the heat of the day, it randomly just crashes down in large sections that have been known to kill people in the past. And so you need to time out your mountaineering journey so that when you're in that position under the Serac, it's like midnight or two in the morning or something when it's the absolute coldest it's going to be. And so that thing is not going to be falling apart, hopefully. And it's like, wow, that is, those are not the sort of considerations you take on a day of sport climbing or bouldering, (laughs) you know, like the stuff that I do is lighthearted. The stuff they're doing is very serious.
1: What, do you have a thought on, you know, like I've seen like a couple of documentaries about like, I mean, now Mount Everest is almost like, almost, it's not, it's still dangerous, but like the amount of people that do it now and like what they leave, what's left behind. Like, do you have any thoughts on like popular places to climb? Like I'm thinking like Mount Everest and like what is left behind after so many people like traverse it. And then, like, you know what I mean? Do you have thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I've le- I've read lots of articles and stuff about it. And it's getting addressed in, in documentaries, you know, about the mountain now. Um, and and I think they're starting to require people to either pay an extra, like, stipend on, you know, whatever. Because it costs these climbers, like, tens of thousands of dollars to summit Everest. Because they have to pay all these permits. Oh,
1: uh, so I, it really cost that much? Oh,
0: yeah. And a lot of them, I mean... I I shouldn't say a lot of them because I don't know the exact numbers, but I know it seems to be a split of people who are experienced mountaineers that are going to go up there and do it and they can go to the top and down, you know, whether there's been ropes that have been pre-placed or not. Generally, at the beginning of the season, there will be teams of like Nepalese climbers that will go and climb all the way to the, the summit of Everest and they'll string ropes from the top all the way down. When there's like chasms and crevasses that need to be crossed, they'll put like aluminum ladder bridges going across them that are anchored down um, the, the Hillary step up near the top where it's like a bit of vertical technical, like actual rock climbing that they had to do back in the day. There's like ladders that are lashed to the side of it. So it's just climbing a ladder. Basically, you're just clipping into a rope and going to the top of this mountain and you're hoping that the weather of the mountain doesn't kill you. Or that you don't die of hypoxia or whatever when you're up in the the death zone where there's literally not enough oxygen for you to survive. Like you're in a ticking clock as soon as you get to the the, the death zone. So
1: okay. Like, this I'm shit's so sorry. fucking hypoxia? scary
0: when your brain is suffering from lack of oxygen. Jesus. Okay.
1: I didn't and know. And that you that was start about.
0: hallucinating or you can't like control your body. Like basically watch this this documentary <laughs> that, okay. that's on Netflix <laughs> that, that we were talking about because the, it covers that. It talks about how when he was on one of, the, one of the summits, like he stopped to help somebody that had that and then gave that dude his, ox, his supplemental oxygen. The dude ended up dying anyway, and now <gasps> this guy doesn't have his supplemental oxygen, and then he starts suffering from the effects of it. And so it's like, oh. oh, my God. And That's the other scary thing about Everest. There's corpses and stuff that are up there that they use as, like, landmarks. Where it's like okay yeah go like for a long time there was this cave that they called Green Boots Cave because there was some I think it was a climber from India had died there and he was in the nine it was he died in the nineties if I'm remembering the history of this story correctly and he was wearing very bright green mountaineering boots and so he was mostly covered in snow but his bright green boots were sticking out and so it became a signpost for climbers then eventually some people kind of because. Basically, if you die on the mountain and you freeze to it, you become part of the mountain. And so unless there's like some sort of thaw where your body can then come loose from the stone, then they might be able to just toss you down the side of a ravine or something like that so that nobody looks at you anymore. But there's really no putting you on some sort of sled and bringing you back down. It's really not an option. Like, it's so hard for able bodied people to get up there and back down that the thought of trying to carry somebody else out is it's really not feasible. And so people on the ground wax poetic about it and be like, oh, these people were just obsessed with reaching the top and they left that guy there to die. And it's like, I, I, if, if you're willing to play that game and go up into those areas, you are entering into an unspoken agreement that you better be able to get your ass back down if something goes wrong. Because you're stepping into a part of the planet where people aren't going to be able to help you. There's Helicopters can't fly up that high. The air is too thin though the weather can come in and and turn it into complete whiteout conditions like instantly like it's it's scary shit like i said earlier there's like so many different ways to die on a mountain like i remember reading and i think it was rock and ice magazine years and years ago when i was first getting into climbing something to the effect of if you know enough alpine climbers then you have friends that have died in the mountains and it's like oh my god that's so yes. fucking dark that is that, that's, and it's like, for me, it was like climbing was just about, I just wanted to go out and have fun with my friends in the woods and and feel like I was a kid climbing trees again. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go up into no death zone and fucking freeze to death. <laughs> like, that sounds terrible.
1: I There was also that, yeah, it, and it doesn't look, and I know that people get their, like, people get their kicks doing all kinds of things. And so, like, I I don't want to take away from the fact that this may be exciting for people, but oh, totally, the the risk is just so great. It seems like like oh, but I I was thinking about that, and I think I, the what that podcast no, that wasn't a podcast. It was a documentary on was it Amazon about the guy who does the free climbing with no like rope.
0: Yeah, free solo with Alex Honnold.
1: Yes, that's something else that doesn't make a. I mean, it it doesn't make a whole. <laughs> That, may, that to me almost makes less sense than climbing Mount Everest.
0: Yeah, Alex is, Alex is pretty amazing. The, the fact that he's got this mental armor because, I mean, when you, when you put yourself in positions, like like if you ever walked up to the edge of like a really high cliff or something, you look over the edge and you get yes. those butterflies in your tummy. It's mm-hmm. like your body's self-defense system telling you you are in a really dangerous place where, yeah. where any little misstep could end your life. And so no matter like there's all these like pro climbers, there's loads of climbers out there who are way better slash stronger climbers than Alex Honnold. But if you were to put them in that same position that he's in, where he's on the side of some fucking route in Yosemite and he's thousands of feet off the ground and there's no rope and he's just depending on himself, staying cool, not letting himself get, like, it, like people look at him and they think it's like, oh, he's doing that for the adrenaline kick. It's like, no, if he has adrenaline coursing through his body, he's fucked up. Really? Yes. Uh, climbing is the last place that you want to have an adrenaline rush because it makes you shaky. Like and adrenaline is like a natural experience to fear. And so there were so many times where I would be up on a climb and I'm fully fucking roped in. If I fall, I'm looking at maybe a 10 to 15 foot fall at most. Right. Mm -hmm. Not that big of a deal, but your body is so aware of the fact that you are in a dangerous position that like it'll course adrenaline through your body to the point where your legs will be shaking like a like a sewing machine needle. And you're just staying up there and just trying to focus on actively pushing your heels down just to make the muscles stop trembling but it's like you can't help it because your brain has dumped all this adrenaline into your body. And so you're trying to get yourself to this place where you like develop this mental armor. And really the best way to do it is to go out and climb as much as you can. But with Alex Honnold, he has such an incredible amount of mental armor, mental armor that he can put himself into these positions where it doesn't freak him out. And it's like, dude, you've got some next level like stuff going on in your brain. That that you can put yourself in a position that should scare the living fucking daylights. Like it should scare scare you on a cellular level and he's able to maintain a cool head and do is it. Is
1: it is it not dangerous to I mean, he may be scared. I mean I think No, he's not. That,
0: That's the thing.
1: <laughs> he just seems so he was very matter of fact about it. There was nothing about
0: very like robot like, right? Yeah. Like he's almost lacks emotions. <laughs> Yeah. And when you watch that documentary and you see the way he interacts with his wife and stuff you're like yeah. that is part of it. He he and he said when he was growing up he grew up in a house where like, you know, my I didn't get hugs from my mom. You know, we just weren't we weren't that sort of family. And it's like is that part of it? No, it can't be that simple. <laughs> it can't be that simple. <laughs> but I, I, he's a fascinating human being and I don't know. He always goes to pains to on like podcasts and stuff like that to say that, you know, I don't free solo all the time. I do lots and lots of roped climbing and. I feel like. Sorry. No, I I just whenever I think about Alex Honnold, I just can't wrap my brain around it because to me, it's like I I have a very high (laughs) (laughs) self-preservation instinct going on, you know, so the thought of like. I've done some highball boulders where I've climbed things that were like 20 or 25 feet tall. And it's like, there was one of those where I got to the top of it and all the holds I was feeling just felt very thin and fragile. Like if I pulled really hard on any of them, it might just snap off. And then I was just going to go flying backwards off this thing, 20 plus feet off the deck with just like a four inch thick crash pad on the ground under me to catch me. And so when you're in that position, you all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm only going to do one move at a time. I have to make sure that it's absolutely perfect. You know, it's not 80%. Oh, let's just pull really hard on this hold. And it's like, no, 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 you can't pull hard on this hole. So you have to just balance on it and position yourself in such a way that you're only standing up and pushing up with your feet. You're not pulling with your hands at all. And like, I'm having conversations with myself like, what the fuck are you doing right now, Joe? What are you trying to prove? If you fall (laughs) off this, you might be fucking paralyzed, you moron. And so I only did that problem once. <laughs> I got to the top of it and I was so shaky legged. I looked down at my buddy Alan, who basically talked me into doing it, and I'm like, fuck you. I can't believe you talked. Oh, it's really great. You gotta try this. Well, fuck that, man. I remember we went back months later, um, and we took the kids out there and I set up a rope on it, and Lindsay was like, You climbed this without a rope. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I shouldn't have.
1: <laughs> Lesson learned.
0: No shit.
1: You watch documentaries like that, and, like, so many documentaries you watch about people, you they always talk about, like, this well-known climber, like, died, like, fell. He was free soloing or whatever it's called, and then he falls. Like, I feel like when you do something like that enough, I hate to say this, like, there's only... but. Be- you only have but so many more times to do it. You know what I mean? That sounds so terrible. And I don't wish death on anybody. But you no, know I, mean? I get like- that.
0: And, and that's almost like a, a superstition type thing, right? Like, like I'm only the universe is only going to allow me to get away with this so many times before it slaps me, right?
1: Exactly. Like exactly. Like, and you don't know how many times that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So you're really just assuming you've got a couple more in the chamber and you may not.
0: Yeah. There's really not that many like quote unquote famous free soloists that actually died while free soloing though. Like there's really only one that I can think of and that's John Backer. And he was actually like really old at that point and he'd been in like a car accident. And so he didn't have his full range of movement and, and he fell off something that was like relatively easy near his home. And it was only like a 60 or 70 foot fall. So the impact with the ground likely didn't kill him, but, I mean, it didn't kill him on impact, but, like, he he eventually died from it. So it sounds like a pretty horrible way to go out. It's like, if you you have to fall on a free solo, you probably want to fall from a 1,000 feet versus, like, 50.
1: Yeah, I mean, 50 sounds... But I see what you're saying, because then you'll die instantly, I would think, from, like, the higher...
0: That's the thought.
1: (laughs) Such a terrible
0: conversation. There's a a beast of a climber from the 90s. She was actually the first person to free climb the nose route on um, El Cap in Yosemite. Her name is Lynn Hill. And she was like a five foot, hundred pound, like just absolute beast of a climber. And she was climbing some route in France. And while she was tying in, she was having a conversation with somebody And she stopped halfway through tying her knot to, like, take off her winter jacket, and she never finished tying her knot. And then her and her climber—so generally what you're supposed to do is you double-check each other, because climbing always takes place with two people. There's the climber that's, like, actually going up the route, and then there's the belayer on the ground that's kind of, like, paying out the rope and taking in slack as you go— and you know, if if you fall, they're the one that's going to lock you off and keep you safe, right? Mm-hmm. And so, generally, before the climber leaves the ground, the climber looks at the belayer's setup, and then the blair looks at the climber's setup, and they both verify that you guys did everything correctly. And then the climber leaves the ground. They didn't do that, and so she or knot wasn't all the way tied. She climbed all the way to the top of this hundred foot route, somewhere in France, and. Generally, you get to the top of a route. When you get to those top anchors, you clip your rope into the top anchors and you yell take. And so that means your belayer pulls up all the slack and then you just sit and rest on the gear. And so you just lean back on the rope and then the belayer will then start paying out rope and lower you down. So it's kind of like a controlled rappel, right? Mm -hmm. But the person on the ground is controlling how fast you go down. She leaned back on the rope and it just zipped out of her harness and she fell and she was lucky that there was a bunch of trees. And so she did like the movie thing where she crashed through tree branches, and it decelerated her enough that she basically just walked away with bruises. And like an incredible life lesson about double checking. But there's, there's most climbers that they get injured are usually a result of like they didn't finish tying in their knot or they maybe they fell with like the rope behind their leg. And so that means that when the rope comes tight, it's going to flip you upside down. So your head might come into the wall first before your feet. Um, I've seen that happen to people before. That's always really scary shit when someone falls with the rope behind their leg. Or if you like cross a, if you clip a carabiner backwards, when you fall, it can, the rope can actually unclip itself from the carabiner. This
1: sounds like some. This sounds so fucking dangerous.
0: <laughs> well, it it can be. It's an it says every piece of climbing gear you buy it has a all caps boldface headline that says climbing is inherently dangerous. Pursue at your own risk. <laughs> it's like yeah, there's zero margin for error. If you fuck up and you're, you know, you're in a dangerous environment, you don't want to fuck up doing it. And that's why I'd always free, like I was scared shitless on stuff where it would be thirty feet off the ground. I'm not going to go do something like Alex or like fucking (laughs) Everest or something like that. No way. That's, you know, that's that's not what I signed up for with it, but it's super fun. I'm sure there's lots of gyms around over there by you. You should go check Mm -hmm. it out sometime. I'd say that to everybody though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think people who like free solo are just do you think they're so in love with what they do that if they should die doing it they died like like in you know like they, it's not a tragedy because they die doing what they love like oh that's how i imagine it. it's so dangerous that if you fall and there's no rope and you're like kerplat that like you've got you've got to understand that that's a risk so it's got to be worth the risk right i mean
0: if they're not having those conversations with themselves before they put in those themselves in those positions then mm. ooh, yikes so I I would imagine the majority of those people that do those things especially trips into the mountains and stuff like that they've got all that worked out in their minds beforehand. And I mean I I think when when somebody dies, you know, doing something that they love, that is a nice thing to say. Oh, they died doing something they love. And it's like, well they they probably loved life though, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the fr- like like the, that's my pessimistic point of view to that phrase is always you know, but but a lot of times it's like if if that person say say somebody that's their thing is is being an alpinist and and that's really, you know, where they go to feel alive. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have to be standing on an eight thousand meter peak to really feel alive. And, you know, when they're back in the States or, or home or whatever with their friends and family, it's good and everything. But it's not it's not that same it's not that same feeling as when they were in the mountains, right? I can right. only imagine that it's something like that that because I mean you'll hear stories about people that you know this is like a a husband and a father you know died, you know left a wife and 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 children behind right. and it's like in in everybody you know at least the wife for sure you know is a, a totally cognizant of the fact that you know her husband is going out and putting himself in these dangerous positions and it's rough. I mean, I've watched so many different documentaries, you know, about different mountaineers and stuff like that, that they, they always ask those questions to the widow. And it's like, it, it. I don't know. It's one of those things I find quite haunting.
2: Yeah. That,
0: that, I, ah, there's, there's a lot of people in the climbing community who describe climbing as a very selfish activity.
2: Oh. Because it's like, there's
0: really nothing... There's there's no good of society that comes from people going out and spending their free time climbing. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's saving babies out well. of the crag. You, you, it's literally, for the most part, like what I would do, you're going out in the woods with your friends and you're playing a game with made-up rules that that mean a lot to you. Is it that different from dudes who, who dress up in camo and go out and LARP, <laughs> you know, right. in, in the woods, you know, with their, their AR-15s and stuff? It's like, it's... At the end of the day, you're just doing something that is important to you and your select little group of people. And and when it's something that puts you in an inherently dangerous position where you could go out there and, and, and die, and all of a sudden now your family doesn't have a father anymore. And that's one of the reasons I don't really climb very much anymore. Most of the climbing I do these days is just for fun and exercise on the training wall in my garage. And if I go outside, I just do bouldering and stay really low to the ground because anymore it's like... God, even if I were to have a bad fall while I lead climbing and break my leg, that would really fucking suck. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I, I lucked out that I never got any serious injuries, you know, in the like the the decade that I did it. And so now I'm like, I my my, my risk, my my, my 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 the my willingness to expose myself to that amount of risk is really low these days.
1: Understandable. Jesus, conversation got dark.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it can be. I mean, it's one of those things where you know, if I mean, fuck, we could make football dark if we started talking about C T. That's
1: true. You know,
0: CTE and all that. So,
1: jeez. And you know what? Speaking of, speaking of football, sorry. I actually, it's so weird you say that because I had I had that mind like it crossed in my mind one day. Like, it was like a football player passed away, like a 33 year old football player passed away. I don't know what he passed away from, but I remember thinking about like the movie concussion, that terrible movie concussion with Will Smith and the terrible accent and the just terrible, terrible. And I remember like every time I think about like CTE and football, I think of like when they played and the helmets, weren't that hard. And they like actively went out. I mean, I'm probably thinking like the 1920s or something. I don't know how far back we have <laughs> yeah, to go. Like those but, leather,
0: <laughs> just those leather yeah. helmets.
1: <laughs> like there was a time when like they didn't have hard helmets in football. Like, it was bad enough, like, in the 70s when, like, the helmets were hard and people were still ramming into each other, you know, at full speed, like, head on. But, like, and I don't know if they used their heads then when the helmets weren't hard. I took a tangent and I, I can't back it up. I'm not entirely sure.
0: But, like, <laughs> well, so. I think the thought was, though, before they had, you know, all this excessive padding that protected, you know, bodies, people didn't hit each other as hard because it would hurt or you could get yourself hurt. Right. by by running full two dudes two giant dudes running full clip and smashing into each other i don't think you do that unless you have full padding on and your brain's just not equipped to take that even though it's all well padded and everything your brain is still rattling around inside your skull and it's basically like the consistency of butter yeah. so it's like eh, you shouldn't be slamming that thing around like that yeah. you know it's it's not going to pay dividends
1: it's not <laughs> <laughs> why is that?
0: It's scary when you see those documentaries and it shows the brains of those people that have that and their brains just look like fucking Swiss cheese.
2: Yeah. It's, it's really bad. frightening. Yeah.
0: I've never been... I I was never able to get into football. To play or to watch? Both. I tried playing in middle school. It was kind of fun, but the, I was like one of the bigger dudes in my class, so they just wanted me on the line and that was not fun. It's like so, de-
1: defensive line? I'm...
0: Uh, they oh, wanted me definitely. to be a center, and I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like this quarterback guy touching my ass every play. <laughs> it's just weird, right? It's a little strange. Just in general, with men's sports, there's so much weird ass slapping going on.
1: There is. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of ass slapping in men's sports. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> almost all the sports too. Like all the men's sports, like you know,
0: it's a lot of ass slapping going on.
1: It is. <laughs> There is. I hadn't even thought about it. You're right. There is. Yeah. Did you ever do
0: any sports or anything like that growing up?
1: I, uh, I was a cheerleader and I did gymnastics. And yeah. So not a lot of ass laughing. A lot of <laughs> like my ass would show a lot because you're tumbling and jumping and stuff. And so the bloomers <laughs> are always on full display. But no.
0: <laughs> How old were you when you started gymnastics?
1: Um, I was like late elementary school. Um, I I started gymnastics um, as like a supplement to my cheerleading because I wanted to become a better cheerleader. So I didn't I wasn't an artistic gymnast. I was a, a gymnast that for the sake of being a cheerleader. Nice. So, yeah, I wish. I mean, I wish. Like I always say to my mom, I say things like, "Why didn't you like? Why didn't you enroll me in dance? Like, why didn't you enroll me in art classes? Why didn't I go to Juilliard?" And she's like, "I can't. You are just you're a lot of energy right now. I don't have <laughs> the bandwidth." <for> you.
0: <laughs> why didn't you put me in Juilliard?
1: <laughs> Like I'll watch like a movie or a documentary and then I should have been that thing I just watched.
0: <laughs> Why wasn't but, I out there stomping the yard, mom?
1: <laughs> but like, no, like I, like, I really like, I really like gymnastics. I think, I think it's brought more to the forefront now, but I think what people don't realize, cheerleading too, I know people will debate whether it's a sport, but it's really hard on your body.
0: Oh, absolutely. No, I think yeah. it is. I think it, I oh, think it yeah. absolutely is a sport.
1: Thank you. I do too. It's just, yeah, it's just really, it's just taxing. It's a lot on your body, a lot of pounding, no pun intended. It's a lot of- <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let it go, but <laughs> yeah. like I had a lot of problems with like my wrist and like my ankles. It was just, yeah, it's just a lot. Uh, um,
0: I've always had super weak ankles. Like I can just like, I don't know. I've, I've twisted them on flat ground multiple times. It's inexplicable. <laughs>
1: I shouldn't laugh at your injury.
0: <laughs> no, my ankles are just weak little bitches. They're fucking fucking—they're like <laughs> terrible. It was like, it was like I was born and they're like, let's give this dude a big meaty bone structure. <laughs> let's give him really weak little ankles. Like, <laughs> but I think it's like, um, I, I can put almost any joint in my body, like out of joint, like out of place.
1: Oh my God.
0: And so it's like, I think it's because of that, that they twist really easy, but it's like, yeah, I can like really easily put my thumbs out of joint or, or I, (laughs) I can put my feet next to each other, like side by side, heel to toe and have my, my knees like locked back straight. And so it like twists my, my hips, my knees, both slightly out of joint, mostly my hips.
1: It's a weird feeling. Oh, God. It's a weird visual. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious.
0: Yeah, I found that out the hard way when I tried to do jujitsu uh, jujitsu with my friends when I was in college. Like they, they made the fingers on my left hand, like touch my forearm. Like they bent it back so far. I didn't make a fist for like half a year.
1: It's fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, my. And you didn't break anything?
0: Nope. Nothing broke it's just very bendy like fucking Gumby apparently
1: (laughs) oh my god Ah, that that gives me the heebie jeebies Ah.
0: no when I do that thing with my thumb I can push that out of joint I can't push it out so far that I can slip out of handcuffs I've tried with like toy handcuffs to see if I can push it out of joint so far that I can slip out of them I can't what? But but I can push it out of joint far enough to where it's like you can see it and it looks gnarly and like yeah, I've I've made people do that
1: before. <laughs> like you ha- you have very interesting hobbies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I call that a hobby. <laughs> if that's a hobby, you're a weird fucker. <laughs> what do you do for fun? I like to wiggle my thumb out of joint and freak people out. <laughs> I go to the mall. Oh. Any <laughs> place people gather. <laughs>
1: oh my word (laughs) oh i've tried it with toy handcuffs okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know what was up with the toy handcuffs that were everywhere when i was a kid but it was like they came with a pair of keys but then there was also like a little lever on the side that you could push to get them off but they were like legit metal handcuffs remember you you get them at like the carnival that would roll through town or whatever be like the same booth where it'd be like a switchblade that had a comb in it. <laughs> <laughs> you remember those dorky ass things?
1: What carnivals were rolling through your town? <laughs> <laughs> switchblade combs. Got it. You've never heard of those? It. I've never heard of that. It was look... there actual switchblade on it or instead of the blade, it was a comb? Exactly. Got you. Okay.
0: Yeah. So like Good. you'd look at it close and you'd be like, oh, that's a pretty dope switchblade knife. You know, like something from like fucking Stand By Me or something. (laughs) (laughs) And you flip it open and it's a comb and you're like, oh, I guess I'll look nice. (laughs) (laughs) Where do carnivals get their shit prizes? Like, where else do you see a tiny little poster that's four inches by four inches and it's in glass in a cardboard frame?
1: That's an excellent question.
0: I have some no idea. Shit. There's some factory out there that just churns those out and just sends them out to carnies all over the country.
1: Oh, absolutely. You can't, and you can't convince me it's not the same company that does like the Finger catalog. <laughs> it's, they've all got to be a part of the same like parent company. They have to be.
0: Oh my God. I haven't looked through a Finger catalog in so long. There is a bunch of weird random shit in there.
1: Yes. Although I used to get, my when I was like in middle school, my mom, um, was a teacher. And so she used to order from there a lot for like little trinket, like little shitty stuff for our kids. And I used to always make her get, tell me if this sounds familiar. It was like a sheet of like, it wasn't paper. I don't know what it was, but you would take like a wooden stick and you would like draw on it and scrape the black off. And underneath would be like watercolors. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I, I... think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like you would just scrape it off and underneath the black, like coating on the paper would be like, just like I don't know like a clear plastic watercolor, but like whatever you scraped off was the image that you would create or whatever. I was obsessed with those for like two years. <laughs> and finger hut, you could get them like pack of like thirty a pop or whatever. <laughs> Just so Finger Hut, if you hear this, please send me some of those. I don't even I don't, if you're still a thing, finger hut, I don't know. Oh, that's and my a very was, good question yeah and like old obsolete catalog my brother still like goes online and looks at east bay like sneak i'm like i didn't even know that was still a thing
0: east bay oh my <laughs> god i remember ordering like adidas jacks jackets and like bucket hats out of there yes when i was in high school and i thought it was the coolest thing ever
1: oh yeah east bay was yeah that was, the, it, was it was hot <laughs> i was like i'm looking for these sneakers you know i can find like i don't look on east bay i'm like what year is this who looks on east bay hello hey, 1993 this <laughs> fly
0: adidas gear <laughs> and then when Kangol came out I got it like three different Kangol hats like that I loved them so much
1: were they the furry ones
0: no I never got the furry pimp looking ones. (laughs) these ones were just like nylon they almost looked like it'd be good in like a rainstorm or something like that they were like that sort of material but I remember it was dark blue and it had a the white little kangaroo on it I thought it was just the coolest hat ever and I was was hanging out with this one friend of mine one day and he's like you look really chauncey in that hat. And they're like, thank you. And he's like, what? And he's like, no, you don't know what chauncey means, do you? He's like, it's bad. Okay. I've never heard that word. <laughs> How honest was this guy, though? <laughs> you didn't ask for my opinion, Joe, but I'm going to tell you, you look really bad in that hat. Yeah. <laughs> then I start questioning it. I'm like, do I look bad in this hat? <laughs>
1: Did you continue to wear it? I probably
0: did. <laughs> but it probably haunted me. I mean, I'm talking about it now 20 years later. <laughs> Fair. Oh, I'm checking for Finger Hut though. If there's a Finger Hut, there's got to be a Fingerhut.com.
1: <laughs> there's got to be. There's no way they're out of business. No way. Now I'm going to have to look.
0: Finger hut. <laughs> I'm like, what sort of good shit do they got? You know they got an online catalog. They definitely finger hat.
1: boom. Take $50 off and get free shipping. (laughs) You can get Ninja blenders on (laughs) finger. They've set their game up. I mean, you almost have to nowadays a Ninja
0: air fryer too.
1: Check it out. Have
0: you jumped on the air fryer bandwagon? I was just going to say something about that. Yeah. So <laughs> we, have... we don't have one. I said something to my wife, and I think she's anti kitchen appliance, or more of like, where are we going to fucking put it? But they sound amazing. <laughs> What's been your experience?
1: I haven't used it for like all of the things it can do. Like I've made french fries in it. I've cooked like Trader Joe's, like prepackaged stuff from like Trader Joe's, like to heat it up. And I've made. I think that, I think I've cooked chicken in it. Like very few things I've made in the air. Here's my concern with the air fryer. I feel like it's one of those things that it does cook things fine, but I think people hype it up. Like it's like, it's like the best invention since sliced bread. (laughs) I don't find it any better or worse than like an oven except that maybe it cooks things a little faster but it's not only so big so I can't put everything in there like I went to I went to like brunch with a friend like this is like three weeks ago we're talking about air fryers and she was like yeah I made a cake in mine I'm like shut, shut the fuck up you did not make a cake in your air fryer."
0: <laughs> you mean like a cupcake
1: <laughs> Like she's like okay she has she she upgraded her air fryer and then put it in like a bigger one and so she was like you get like specialty cake pans and then you can put like one or two in at a time and then you can just stack. I'm like, do you really need to cut down on your cake baking time so much that it has to go in the air fryer? I don't know. I think I'm just I, – <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite understand the hype. I just – but I, I've tried it. It's fine. I think if you're not making large volumes of things and like want to cook things like quicker – you know what I saw somebody on TikTok – the black hole that is TikTok. <laughs> make, are you on TikTok? Do you like watch it or scroll?
0: My wife is, and so I get to see things um, from her. But no, I haven't put it on my phone just because I know it would be a tremendous time suck.
1: It is such a, such a time suck. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody, um, I saw a woman make. She took like edamame, like uh, not in the not in the shell, but like edamame peas or whatever they are. She put them in my air fryer, sprayed it with oil put like salt, pepper and I don't know, whatever kind of seasoning she did put them in the air fryer for 15 minutes and they came out. She said they were delicious. It looked amazing that I do.
0: That does sound good. I love those. What is it? There's, um, uh, there's this fried rice that my wife makes that has those in it and they're so good.
1: Oh, that's, that sounds good. You get a good fried rice and like, I could eat just that. I don't need anything else.
0: Oh my, I have a fried rice obsession. Like, it's one of those meals that I think I could eat it every single day. And uh, I think it would be a long time before I get sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: it's so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that rice with the little bits of egg in it. It's, like, literally the only thing yeah. that I enjoy peas in. Little bits of <laughs> carrot in it. and Oh, it's so good. I think the the first time I had, like, a legit fried rice was I was in Chicago for a, a trip and a high school trip. <clears throat> and we went to this restaurant and I ordered this dish. Uh, it was country fried rice and it had, had, what was it? Like steak, chicken, and like these big giant, like the biggest shrimp that I've ever seen in my life. They were like shrimp, the size of racquetballs. Oh my like goodness. Like just fucking huge. And they were so good. So perfectly cooked. And like, you know the the bowl they brought this fried rice out in was just ridiculous. Like it was, there was no way a single person could eat it. But I took it as a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I had that over twenty years ago, and I still think about. it. Do you ever do that, where you think back to food that you had half a lifetime ago, and you're like, God damn, that was good. Yes, I do all it all the time. The time. <laughs> That's so funny. What's one of the ones that sticks out in your mind?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, oh, That's a good question. When I lived in Arizona, I don't... Mexican food's fine. It's just not, like, a favorite type of food of mine. But we went to... Uh, friend, me and a couple of friends went to this restaurant um, called Valley Luna. And there's a couple, like, in the area. And I, my first time, like, at a Mexican restaurant, like, eating Mexican food. And it was... It was stupendous. It was delicious. I don't know what it was. Just all, all I basically filled up on the salsa and like, like the refried beans, like with the chips, and then I got like a meal. It was so good. I have been back there multiple times since, and I tell you, I don't know if the chef's different. I don't know if I'm in a, if I'm in another realm. I'm Doctor Strange came in and did some voodoo. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but the food has never tasted the same. And I think back to that, and. I I'm, I I just think back to it and, and I, I just miss it. It was probably some of the best food I've ever had in my entire life. I don't know what's going on. It's still good. It just hasn't hit the same. I also may have been hungry, like a different level of hungry. I may have like, I may have been less concerned with what I was eating because I didn't put on the pounds like I do now. Like all kinds of things are factors in like how you eat, but it was so, so good. I can't even, oh, that, and let me tell you something else. It's going to sound so crazy. When I was a kid, I remember going to, I we went to like, I don't know, like home country buffet, one of those places, and I mixed all the soda flavors together. And <laughs> yes. It's like, why is this good? I'd never done it. It was my first time doing it. Did it. Loved it. Every time after that I did it, it never tasted the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's never the same.
0: Like, it almost ratio. gets like a weird bubble gum flavor, right?
1: It's, it's, it's so gross.
0: Yeah, super gross. My but sister like, and I, I did that when yeah. we were kids. <clears throat> we were at a party at my, my aunt and uncle's house. I think it might have been her 40th birthday party. And they had like a, a fountain machine there for pops. And and so my sister and I were doing that. where We were like, well, at first I was going and I was filling it up mostly because they were clear cups. And so I was filling it up mostly with Sprite and then putting just enough like Coca-Cola in it to make it look like it was the color of beer. And then I was walking around as a little kid drinking it. And they are like, are you drinking beer? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, no, it's not. Oh, I fooled you. I'm an obnoxious child. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember them, like that weird bubblegum taste where I was like, this is not good. I'm never going to yeah. do this again. <laughs> <It's> so
1: bad. <laughs> but like the, that first, and then that initial memory like will hit me every, it was so good. I remember cold pizza in college so good I couldn't I wouldn't you couldn't pay me to eat cold pizza now but like (laughs) why was it so good when I was 19 I have no idea anyway I'm sorry I'm just going off on a tangent thinking of all the like lovely things I put in my mouth
0: that's what this show is it's just all tangents (laughs)
1: you're you're perfect (laughs) oh
0: my god I always think back to this cheeseburger that I had in Germany and this was in like 2017 and this cheeseburger was gigantic like Like, you think of, like, a regular American cheeseburger that's, you know, what, like, four inches in diameter or something like that? This thing was, like, six inches in diameter. And it wasn't, like, super obnoxiously thick. It was just a really wide burger. And, like, the bun that it was on was, like, came from, like, a bakery that was, like, just up the street from this pub. And this was from a pub from a bar that was just across the street from our hotel. And it was the best burger I've ever had in my life. And like, I think about it at least once a week. I'll just randomly be like, God damn, remember how good that cheeseburger was in Germany? It's so far away, dude. You'd have to take connecting flights. You'd have to like get euros (laughs) And because of COVID. It might not even be there anymore. That burger might be long fucking gone. And there was a dude with me from the trip. And every once in a while, I'll text him. I'll be like, remember that burger, dude? And he'll be like, I still think about it too. And so it wasn't just me. He was also amazed with it. But, but it was one of those things too, where it's like, we'd been in Germany, we'd, we'd been there just long enough to where it was like, we were pretty hungry. Uh, The, the, the meal I think we'd had before that was like, we'd gone out, I think like the night before for supper and went to some restaurant where we had more like, I don't know if you'd call it traditional German food, but you know, it was, it was not like American food and it was really good, but it just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't fucking giant cheeseburger good right. and so I don't, I don't know if that's what made it so amazing was that next day we were like okay there's nothing going on let's just go to this bar across the street get these giant mugs of beer <laughs> and then get these <laughs> awesome fucking burgers but yeah kind of like what you were saying it's like what wh- were there special considerations that went into that was I extra hungry was it just because it was a somewhat familiar thing in an unfamiliar setting you know, yeah. or, or, or was it just that amazing of a burger? I mean, it, it could have just been that amazing of a burger. They could have been that amazing, you know, of Mexican food for you. I don't know. Yeah,
1: And I'm, that's what carries me on through life is that it was just amazing that I was in that moment to experience food that good, because if I think <laughs> if if it's if I think it was just how hungry I was or whatever these other factors, then it takes away from the fact that I was in like like nobody else was in that moment with me, like I was. Drink like it was me eating that food and it was that good. I need things like that in my life, so like (laughs) I make sure that that's what my rationale is. So that's what's gonna work, yeah. That's a perfect
0: analogy for life, though. Is that doesn't life just seem to be a series of moments? It's like some moments are ups and some moments are downs, but it's like at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of you know, transitory moments. Where you're just going from one to the next, and I feel like kind of like what I've come to is that it's like you need to like hold on to and treasure those high moments to allow you to persevere and carry through the low moments right
1: absolutely I agree and like I'm as I've gotten older, I try to like not harp so much on like things I can't control, although that's difficult but And like not worry so much about what's going to happen. Like I'm in a moment now that I'll never experience, even though I'm just sitting here. I'm not doing, I'm not physically doing anything, but I'm never going to have this moment again. Like I'll be in 10 minutes. I'm going to be older. I'm going to have, I'm not made. This may not cross my mind again. This will cross. my. I don't mean the podcast. I just mean like me sitting
0: here. (laughs) No, I knew what you meant. (laughs) (laughs) The each moment is in itself unique. And when it's gone, it's gone forever.
1: Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And so like, when I was younger, I just wanted to, I wanted to get older. I wanted to be able to do this. I wanted to get a better job. I wanted to make more money. And now I'm just like, those things are like, they're important, but they're not what I, like, I just strive to like, I'm young, I'm able, like, I can, I can travel, I can do things, like, I can take care of myself. Like, I, I take advantage of that. Like, if I want to go out right now and buy something for myself, I have the ability to do that. Like, take advantage of that. Because tomorrow, anything could happen. And that may not be the case. So like, I mean, I hope it's not the case. Let me knock on wood. But you know what I mean. So yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I a hundred percent agree. Um hey, speaking of the
1: traveling, didn't you just do a big travel recently? I did. I got I got that I just took a trip to Spain in September.
0: I was thinking that that when we you and I had been doing some texting back and forth on an unrelated project, and I was yeah. thinking you had said something about Spain and I was like, I am so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that like?
1: It was amazing it wasn't a trip that i i planned the trip but i wasn't two of my friends were celebrating their birthday like the birthday's fairly close together and they wanted to go to, they wanted the three of us to go to spain and oh, i was like so cool yeah i was fighting it just because i just taken time off from work like the month before to go to the minnesota state fair <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> That was my bucket list trip, and then the.
0: Okay, we're gonna it, sir, we're gonna put a pin in that and circle back to it, but please go ahead into the Spain story. Okay. Because <laughs> you're from Jersey and you're stoked for the Minnesota State Fair, so there's oh, something there. But yeah, please carry on. <laughs> so stoked,
1: and so the. <laughs> so we planned this trip to Spain. We planned it in like a month, like maybe even less than that. And we and it, I, I couldn't be happier. We went to, um, we flew into madrid we we were there for about eight days we flew into madrid and then immediately took a flight to mallorca stayed there for four days and then flew back to madrid spent the next like three days there and then flew home and it was amazing spain is amazing like it's so pretty i don't know what i thought it's not a place that i had ever like desired to go but i would go back in a heartbeat
0: man i've seen it so much in like different climbing films and stuff because like the rock climbing there is like next level but it just looks like such a beautiful place with such a rich history. The The architecture that they have in their buildings there is uh, it's it's so cool. And from everything I've heard, the vibe there is just very chill and very, very laid back.
1: Very. Yeah. Nobody seems to be in a rush. I didn't what I didn't realize. And you're right about like the buildings, Um, even in like Madrid, like a major city, like a lot of the buildings still have like the old architecture, the old feel, the cobblestone streets like. For as modern as the people are, the, like, the buildings and the structures aren't, and it makes it even that, it makes it that much better. Um, The, apparently, it is not uncommon for people to, like, go home, like, on their lunch break to sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah, siesta. Oh, God. I know, they're the ones that have the right idea, right? Yes! I don't know about you, but I fucking love a nap.
1: Get the fuck out of my head. Listen to me. There is nothing better I can. Please, if I can work a nap in, my if I I work especially my weekends, I work around a nap. And for me, people like oh, I lay down for I took a thirty minute nap. I don't know what that is. That's not a nap, thank you. I can lay down at one o'clock on a Saturday, wake up at six, and that's my nap, and then I'm ready to start the day. I don't do nothing less. I won't take. I won't. I won't lay down the nap if it's anything less than like two and a half, three hours. Cause
0: it's not worth it. Oh my God. Oh Power my naps. God. You're like, fuck that.
1: <laughs> I love naps. Why are they amazing?
0: Oh, they're so good. And like, I remember when my, like even, even now, but like, especially more when my kids were younger, when they were just old enough to where, you know, they were still really little kids, but they were old enough to, you could start reasoning with them. Right. <laughs> and you'd be like, you know, I can tell you're tired and grumpy right now and you'd feel awesome if you were to take a nap. And they'd just be so indignant and be like, I'm not taking a nap. And i just look at them and go, I would love to take a nap right now. You have no idea how much I would love to go lay down and sleep for two hours right now. I'm asking you to do it. You totally could. This is the time in your life where nobody's going to look at you like you're lazy or anything like that for taking yeah. a nap. It's totally acceptable for you to take a nap right now. And you're totally not doing it. And and I'm sure I did the same. But, oh, yeah, I laid down earlier with the intention of taking an hour nap. And that alarm went off in an hour and I got up and I even set my phone across the room. So I'd be forced to get out of my warm bed and walk across to shut the thing off. (laughs) And all I did was set it for an hour ahead and go right back to my warm bed. (laughs) Because I reasoned it out. I was like, okay. You got up at like six in the morning to deal with cleaning up cat shit. Had you stayed in bed, you would have gotten two more hours of sleep so you can take this two hour nap. Yeah, I I have to rationalize it.
1: You're owed that time. That makes perfect sense to me. Sleep is so great. And you're absolutely right. That's like when you're young and you're a kid, that's the time when you can sleep As much as you want no judgment, the older you get, the more judgment, the more people associate like napping with being lazy or like unmotivated, like take. And I wish kids like just knew how much you'll appreciate like the freedom to nap, like when you're older, you'll appreciate more that you had the freedom when you were younger that you didn't take advantage of. God, there's nothing better than a good nap. <laughs>
0: oh, I God. absolutely love it. <laughs> I would take a nap like like the way they do it in Spain. Hell yeah,
2: yes.
1: And that's a perfect time of day because that's when you start getting drained. That's when like like the rush like like the, from the morning and like it starts to die down. Like and that gives you the next rush to get through the rest of the day. Oh God, I'm just they've got so many things down, but. Something else I wasn't expecting is, like, the lack of condiments on the table. And, like, the first couple of times we went out to eat, like, I was like, can I have the ketchup? And then they'd be like, it's stupid American. And then they'd bring back the ketchup. And then I realized <laughs> I didn't really need it. And the food's just good the way it is. I think I'm just so used to putting ketchup or, like, salt and pepper on certain things. But, uh-huh. like, it was just, God, it's just so good. The food was good. Instead of bread, a lot of times there's olives on the table. My ankles were hella swollen when I left because, like, all I did was <laughs> eat
0: olives all day. <laughs> oh, when we were talking about deal breaker foods earlier. Olives are my deal breaker. I can't do olives. Really? Nope. Nope. If, if, even if, like, like, when my wife buys frozen pizzas, like, we love, like, a supreme pizza. Mm-hmm. But, like, she has to look through it, like, on the ingredients on the box and make sure there's not black olives in it. Otherwise, I just can't do it. I can't even pick them off. It's like when they dice those fuckers up, they're so small that you literally have to like flip the cheese off your pizza and use the edge of your fork to pick them all off. And then by ah. the by the time you're done you're like, "All right, I've just played operation with my slice of pizza." <laughs> it's thoroughly cold. I'm not even
1: hungry anymore. And you don't like olives cooked or raw. I can't do them
0: either way. And and I don't care if they're the green ones with the little pimento in them or the black ones. I just I can't do it. I don't know. I and I've ah. I've tried because when I've gotten pizza that was on, I'm like, oh fuck it. There's so many veggies on this pizza, you're not going to taste them, and like my palate like immediately picks them out, and it just it I can't do it. Wow. Yeah, but I love olive oil. <laughs> so it's, what the fuck is up with this? I don't know. Like olive oil and cooking and stuff. Yeah, I love that. But
1: olive oil is really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. I love, like going back to the the Olive Garden thing. I'm, I'm, I might be confusing this with a different. I think I am. Is Olive Garden the one where they'll put like a little bit of olive oil on a plate and put like seasonings
1: and cheese and stuff in it for you to dip your bread in? No, but when restaurants do that, yeah. I I'd give, give the waitress my entire savings account. That is <laughs> amazing stuff. When Italian restaurants do that. I don't even know. Do any of the restaurants do that? I don't know. It's so good.
0: Yeah, what's funny is I'm confusing it then, for sure I'm confusing it with an Italian restaurant that's in Cedar Rapids that's almost right across the street from Olive Garden, which is kind of funny. That is. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember that bread there was amazing. They had all these different types of bread, and yeah, they had that oil you'd put on the plate and everything. It was fucking magical. Oh, that sounds amazing.
1: (laughs) Italian food is like my absolute favorite kind of food. It's so good.
0: What's your favorite Italian dish then? Oh, I know.
1: So I've got two. One of them is just regular like spaghetti with meat sauce, but like Italian sausage, like like a, like a big old link of Italian sausage across the top that I cut up and I can't even.
0: Oh, up. that sounds amazing.
1: So good. And then the other thing I like is like, the, I'm not particular on the type of pasta, but like with like garlic oil and like broccoli and sausage. Ooh, that sounds really good it's so good oh my god it's so good Oof. it's so good. there's a place like not far from here we have a lot of good Italian restaurants over here Um, but the there's one not far from where I live and it's really good I just don't go there very often because that, that entree is like 27 bucks <laughs> holy shit <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. everything's like made to order and it's really good but like you know I'll uh, I'll treat myself on my birthday that's a lot of wow but yeah oh so
0: good yeah we almost never like go out to eat at restaurants anymore there's a there's a fairly nice restaurant in our small town that is like modern and new enough that like you can do like mobile ordering which is great because then you just pay for it online just walk in just pick up your food and walk back out which is fucking fantastic and um, but but it's more you know burgers and stuff like that but my wife always gets the fish and chips there which is like breaded like cod, these huge breaded cod fillets
1: i've always wanted to get fish and chips and i never do i like fish i like french fries chips you know what i mean but like i never <laughs> get i need to just do it i don't know why i have never eaten the two together
0: oh yeah it's a great meal oh i bet i mean you know it's, Fried fish is just good. <laughs> Breaded so, fried it, fish is so it's good. Oh so god <laughs> I grew up eating it though, you know, I grew up like eating, you know, like fried catfish that
1: we'd catch oh. out of the river. So why is fried catfish the best kind why is it the best good? kind of Oh my god, it's so good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I
0: grew up eating that. Dad would, would take like a fish fillet and he'd like kind of cut it up into smaller chunks and then bread them with like shake and bake and then just fry them in a cast iron skillet and oh we'd eat it with like ketchup mixed with like horseradish sauce to be like spicy ketchup to dip it in that sounds amazing it's really good stuff (laughs) this is the episode where we make people hungry almost the whole time (laughs) we bore them to tears for the bit that I talked about rock climbing but then we make them hungry (laughs)
1: Oh, speaking of deal breakers, I can't do mayonnaise. Really? No mayonnaise? No, not on anything. The only time mayonnaise is acceptable, and I mean the very slim time mayonnaise is acceptable, is in my mother's potato salad. But then she also puts, like, mustard in it, so it kind of alters the flavor a bit and makes it, like, tints it yellow, so it's not as bad. Mm -hmm. But I also can't eat it the day she makes it. It has to sit in the fridge overnight for, like, the (laughs) potatoes to soak up. So it's not like – I can't see the mayo. Um, But I can't – make not on a burger – not on a sub keep it away from me and i know it's just oil and egg like i know it's not like anything but it just i can't do mayo i i can't do it it always looks like something that just came out of somebody's orifice i can't do it i love it
0: with that um that spicy brown deli mustard
1: oh like you mix it to make like its own mixture
0: yeah like when i have an egg sandwich i'll put like a little bit of mayo on the toast and a little bit of that spicy brown mustard and then like mix them together like on the toast and and spread it out with a butter knife and And then just egg and then just egg and then sometimes if i'm feeling fancy i'll put a slice of american cheese on it just because it melts really good and just do the eggs like sunny side up with the yolks mostly cooked through You know, so they, I can't do runny egg yolks anymore on a sandwich now because of my beard. There's nothing worse than having egg yolk (laughs) run into a fucking beard. It's like, well, I guess I'm taking a shower after
2: breakfast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have to shampoo this fucking thing.
1: (laughs) Do you like steam your beard?
0: Do I steam it? No. Yeah,
1: you're, you're some people like do beard steaming or whatever.
0: Oh no, I, I I don't get too fancy with my beard anymore. I've got like a huge selection of beard oils and stuff, but mostly I'm like it's I'll just use regular conditioner in the shower, and it's like my beard is super soft if I just use conditioner on it, and then I just gotta remember to brush it right away when I get out of the shower. Otherwise, it's so it'll tangle up so bad if I don't brush it right away.
1: And that makes sense. I feel like sometimes like we overcomplicate things or like you got to put a million products in your hair or whatever. I think if you just like wash stuff and take care of it, it's going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a beard, but like I'm assuming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have super curly hair on my head though, too. Really? It's, do you do? Like it's um, it's like if I just let my hair grow and grow and grow, it gets to a point where it's not going to look any longer Unless it's wet And then it, like it'll be wet and go down clear Past my nose but then when it dries It'll be fairly tight curls up top
2: Oh Like
0: like total like Jufro Type like hair like, it's, my grandma, like, would always be like, oh, you're pretty curls. <laughs> and like, I never, I it, when I was a kid, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then my wife's like, whenever my hair starting to get long and it's like peeking out from under the edges of my cap, she really likes it. Because whenever I'm like, oh, it's time for a haircut. She's like, you know, your curls. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll keep it for you. <laughs> That's such a grandmother thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking that, though. But, my, but I, I get it from my dad. My dad's got curly hair, too and I remember my grandma used to give my dad shit all the time because years in years before he was driving to work one day and some guy pulled up next to him and was like pointing like emphatically pointing and so my dad thought there was something wrong with his car and so he pulled over and the guy asked him for his number <laughs> and so my grandma oh, fucking teased him nonstop oh, and always say it's gosh. cause you're pretty curly hair <laughs> <laughs> getting noticed he was getting noticed and so yeah I got that same hair <laughs> Nobody's waving me down the interstate for my number yet, but hey, you know, I'm still young. <laughs> but yeah, I, so like growing up, I never knew what to do with my hair because I couldn't do any of the popular styles or anything because it's just, no, nah, it's just curly.
1: So did you just, sh- did you cut it close, keep it cut close?
0: For a very, very long time. Yeah. I would keep it really, really short, like number two buzz on the sides and. And then when I got old enough to realize that it got, like, attention from girls, like, when I was, like, college age and stuff, then I was like, oh, I get it now. Curly hair. Cool. Mm, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, most times it takes, like, like to really know, like, how to do it. Like, what, like, the styles that look fast, like, all of that. Like, nobody, I don't know any, like. 10 year olds who are really like, I mean, I'm sure there are some for everybody's listening. I'm sure your 10 year old is the one that does it, but I'm just saying that like, I'm sure there's like, like most people, I don't even, I mean, I look back at pictures of me from like middle school and high school when I was able to like do my own hair and dress myself. And I'm like, well, I don't know. You weren't, you got dressed in the dark. Did you own an iron? Like I just look crazy. <laughs> like so dumb. Oh God. Uh, now, I, I've
0: never had any sort of real fashion since. no i am i am like a a jeans and graphic tea type person and and now since i've been working from home for so long i am a sweatpants and graphic tea person
1: sounds comfy though (laughs) it's so comfy
0: (laughs) (laughs) the other day i like actually got a pair of jeans down out of my closet and i was like well let's see if they still fit and i put them on and they were actually loose on me and i was like hey (laughs) This is a win. I'm definitely taking this as a win.
1: <laughs> Did you put them back in the closet? Did you wear them?
0: No, no, I actually wore them. It, uh, Lindsay was pretty stoked that I was wearing jeans. She hadn't seen
2: me in jeans since so
1: long.
0: <laughs> so I was like, all right, I think I'll leave these out and wear them more
2: often.
0: <laughs> Getting noticed by the missus. <laughs> No, because it's like, what jeans are just, the like, if you're doing yard work in the fall, like, you have to wear jeans. Yeah. Like, that's not a sweatpants. You don't go out and rake leaves in sweatpants. No. They're going to stick to your pants. <laughs> you're tracking all the leaves and shit inside. You
1: can't wear, I never thought of it that way, but it's a good point. You can't rake leaves in <laughs> sweatpants. The more well, I mean, you, you know. can, but... Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, I have so many mature trees in my yard. It's always a nightmare come fall when it's time to get rid of all those damn leaves. Uh, Do you rake or do you have like a leaf blower? Uh, In the past, I've done raking. And this year, I went out and bought a leaf blower. And I got the kind that has like the mulcher attachment to it. So you can actually like suck them up, suck the leaves up and mulch them into a bag. And then when that bag fills, you got to go then dump it into another bag, which is kind of a pain in the ass, but... I was able to get rid of all my leaves in like under six hours this year, which was pretty cool.
1: I mean, sounds convenient, if nothing else, kind of (laughs) Yeah,
0: I filled up like 10 of those paper lawn bag things.
1: Then what do you do with the stuff that that you're dumping out? Like, what do you do with it?
0: That was that 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 was the question, because it's like every year, the small town I live in is doing different shit with the fucking leaf pickup. And so I get them all in these. And apparently now it's like, oh, now they do yardies. I'm like, well, how am I going to fit all this into a yardie that gets picked up once a week? What's a yardie? It's like a, it's like a trash can on wheels that, that has like a, a hinged flip top on it. And then like a, a garbage truck with like an arm on the side can come and pick it up.
1: Oh yeah. And like they, the one, like the township gives you.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. They call them a yardie cause it's for yard waste. But it's like, you have to pay extra for that. And I didn't get the paperwork turned in in time. So they just gave me the basic setup, which is the recycle bin and the garbage can. (laughs) And and so, yeah, I had all those bags filled up. And so I called my dad and I was like, dad, can we take all these out and dump them in the woods by your cabin? He's like, yeah, that's fine. And and so, yeah, the leaves just had to sit in my garage for like a week. (laughs) That's not bad. No, not bad. And then I got rid of them. And and also I got the kids to help me this year. I've been really big lately on putting them like to work with like pretty easy tasks and then making sure that they understand that they're going to get paid to do those tasks. Because I I want them to grow up understanding that, you know, if you want money, you work for it, you get money and there you go. And so far it's working out pretty well. And they're getting good at saving up and, you know. They pooled their money together a while back to buy a PlayStation 3 on eBay, which was so cute. That's
2: adorable.
0: (laughs) Oh, so cute. Uh, They were finding all these different auctions and then sending me the links. And I'm like, nah, this this guy's only got 87% approval. You don't want to buy from him. (laughs) I was like, tell you what, I'll find a good deal and I'll show to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) They're huge on vintage video game systems, though, which works out great for them. Because then they can go to, like, a used game store with, like, 20 bucks and come home with, like, four games.
1: Yeah. That is a... That is a... That actually does work out.
0: Yeah. So, it's worked out pretty well. And they've got, like, one modern system with, like... They have a Nintendo Switch. And so, you know, they don't get games near as often for that since those new (laughs) games are, like, 60 bucks or something. Like, that's crazy.
1: So ridiculous. My nephew broke his, like, the controllers on his Switch. And I was, like, two Christmases ago. And I was like, I'll just get him new controllers they
0: were like $150 yeah it's not cheap especially if it's those joy cons was that what what it was the slot the things that slide on the side of the switch
1: yes
0: yeah those are like 80 bucks
1: what the
0: heck (laughs) it's fucked
1: (laughs) so expensive
0: yeah i mean that's just gaming systems in general now like ps4 has been i mean ps5's been you know out for a while granted it's not I guess it's still not super easy to get one, but PS5's been out for a while, and PS4s are still really fucking expensive. You can still buy a PS4? Oh, yeah. Well, fuck, you can still go buy an original Nintendo Entertainment System on eBay.
1: Fair,
0: that's true. (laughs) Granted, they're super expensive now. Because especially after the quarantine, there was like a huge nostalgia for all these classic video game systems, and so they really went up in price.
1: Were they, I mean, have they ever, has anybody ever found out a way to keep you from having to blow into the game to make it work?
0: <laughs> no, that's Worth... just part of the awesomeness, right? Like, like when, <laughs> so um, oh, what was it when, when that new Mortal Kombat movie came out, the boys watched it and they were really excited about it. And so I was telling them about how much fun the video game was. And so I got on eBay and found a Sega Genesis for like 30 bucks. And oh, so wow. I think for less than 50, I got the Sega, original Sega Genesis system, two controllers and like the first three mortal Kombat games and like the first three sonic the hedgehog games or something like that
1: oh like, wow
0: yeah and so then set set that up in the kids room and they were putting in these games and they're like why isn't this working and i'm like oh like you have to blow in the cartridge first and they're like what and so they pulled it out and blew in the cartridge and then put it in it worked and they're like why did that work i'm like i don't know <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> nobody knows <laughs> I'm like, welcome to our 1980s and 90s technology, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, if only I could show them how you have to fix a cassette with a number two
1: pencil. Oh my god, you may blow their minds. Right. That. Is-
0: <laughs> oh, I was going through a box of old shit the other day, and I found a couple different cassette tapes in it, and so I took them out and showed them to the kids. <laughs> like, look, this is analog. <laughs> Like, we don't even own something that'll play this unless you go out and, like, get in, like, the old car in the driveway.
1: God, I just miss – I kind of miss those – I mean, things are, things are so convenient, but, like, with the convenience comes a hassle that sometimes I just don't think is worth it. Like, I think of, like, having to, like, wait for your favorite song to come on the radio if you didn't have the tape or the CD and, like, record it. Yep. And, like, it was a hassle, And, like, I think of, like, having to call my friends, like, when they were home because nobody had a cell phone. Like, but then I also think, like, all the stuff I got away with because there was no social media and I didn't have to worry about, like, stuff getting found out and ending up my job, finding out of my school or whatever it is. Like, I think of, God, like, what a time to be alive.
0: Oh, when I think about the dumb shit that I did in high school or just how stupid I was in general – I am so glad there wasn't social media for me to put my dumb ideas out there into the fucking ether. Yes. I get worried about putting my dumb ideas out on this thing. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine the stupid shit I would have put out. It would have been so unintentionally offensive. Yes. Because I've never been a hateful (laughs) person, but I've, I've learned through trial and error to be more thoughtful with the language I choose. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, look, other people in life have different experiences and it's like it, it cuz I went through a long time just being like, oh, they're just words. Words don't matter. It's like, no, oh, words matter to certain people. Yeah. And so fucking be cool about them. Like like for the longest time, like I think my mom thought I was fucking um a total sexist <laughs> just because the oh language, my- like like I'd say just casually toss around the word bitch and stuff like that and it's like, well, I don't think women are bitches and stuff. It's this is the way Snoop Dogg talks. <laughs> but it's like, no, nah, you're in Iowa. You shouldn't fucking talk like that. Oh, my God. So, I mean, yeah, trial, trial and error. I, I don't know what got me on that tangent. No. <laughs> now so I'm like, why are you talking about stupid decisions?
1: <laughs> the stuff that's not on social media. Now, there
0: you so go. Like, get away with it. <laughs> oh my god I just said the dumbest shit when I think back to the tattoos I wanted in high school I'm so glad that I never did oh that oh
1: god uh, yeah that's another one and like I that's a, that's a great point there's so many things I wanted to put on my body when I was a kid <laughs> thank god I never followed through that I wanted like at one point because my favorite Backstreet Boy had a tattoo that was like a, a huge cross and like gravel and so I thought I would look deep was not number one wasn't even religious and like i wanted the same tattoo i'm so glad i never got it he's not my favorite backstreet boy anymore which is important (laughs) it would have looked dumb on me so like you know those are all life lessons stephanie your favorite backstreet boy will change Mm -hmm. i know it's hard to believe but in 20 years it's no longer brian universe sorry
0: (laughs) do you remember mickey's malt liquor no, so there's this malt liquor called Mickey's, and their their logo has like a bee like putting its fists up if I remember and I for some reason when I was younger, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and I was obsessed with getting the Mickey's bee tattooed on my fucking forearm, <laughs>
1: all oh my goodness,
0: and you know, thank God I never did because how dorky would that be <laughs> like, like you have a tattoo of a malt liquor. Like, <laughs> Like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) It's like, do you like malt liquor? Not, not, not especially. I just like the look of this little bee fella. And I thought he'd look good on me.
1: Crisis averted. Oh
0: God. What terrible ideas. (laughs) I think that was the dumbest one I ever wanted though.
1: Do you have tattoos now?
0: I don't have any. I, for the longest time I was going to get, um, one, like a, a cuff around, like my forearm, kind of like right under my elbow. That would have been a Latin phrase from uh, the Stark coat of arms. I think it is oh. for what is it? Fortia facta fortiorum, which I think supposedly means the deeds of strength are stronger. Which I thought was cool, but then the more I researched into the genealogy of the Stark name, it's like looking up the name Miller or Smith. You know, it's like it's oh. really hard to trace back genealogy just based on a name. And so I was like, maybe that's not even your coat of arms. So maybe you have nothing to do with those stars. That'd be a weird <laughs> thing to put on you if you have nothing to do with it. And so, yeah, that, but that was the one that for the longest, like, I actually went and talked to a shop and, and got prices and stuff for it and, and then just didn't end up doing it.
1: Sometimes it's better, like, when you procrastinate and then not end up getting it sometimes and you realize something about it that may not have worked out.
0: Yeah, that's probably how that one would have went <laughs> <laughs> after a while. I'd have probably been looking at it in that. And I, I think that given enough time, I could pick almost anything apart. And so if I did have a tattoo, it would probably almost be better for me to not have it in a place where I could see it. Cause, oh, yeah. cause I'm sure I could find something where I was like, I don't like this one little part of it or I don't know. That's just a fear though.
1: Yeah, no fair. I think that's always the case with a tattoo. Um, but I think getting it where you can not see it is will help. I also think getting it where you can't see it, but also other people aren't constantly looking at it. Oh, so Like yeah. if it could be covered up with a shirt or something like that's always great. Cause I, if I don't want to scrutinize it, I definitely don't want somebody else to scrutinize it. Cause they're not going to realize that when they tell me that the word is spelled wrong, that that's going to devastate me now because there's nothing I can do about it.
0: Oh no. Yeah. Having a word spelled wrong on a tattoo would have to be the worst, right? Yes. Yeah. No regrets.
1: That's <laughs> the one that comes to mind. <laughs> or like the people that get like and i'm even this may have been photoshopped but there's got to be people in the world who get like like you know the like the word marvel on their back and then it's all dc comic book characters underneath
0: oh yeah that's funny shit (laughs)
1: like like stuff like that because that's just embarrassing like that's just you don't know any better but like that's got to be you know you can't see it get it on your back and then cover it up with all the t-shirts you own all the time
0: (laughs) do you have any tattoos
1: I do. I I actually, I actually really like my... <laughs> I have a, you
0: sound like you're proud of him.
1: Because <laughs> people are always surprised to find it. I've got... A, I do have a lower back tattoo. It's a little butterfly. So I have a tramp stamp. But I, I really like it because it's small. It's simple. Nope. I mean, unless I'm bending... I don't wear low-rise jeans anymore. It's not 1998. So, like, like it's rarely seen... And so like, I really like it because, you know, it's, it's kind of hidden. I want to get another one, but I can't, I can't make a decision. And it's the permanency of tattoos is what, because I have so many friends that have like multiple random tattoos and there's always one or two tattoos that are like, Oh, this one's shitty. Or I wish I wouldn't have gotten it. Or I went with my friend and got one cause she was getting one or whatever. And I'm like, no, I don't want to regret it. So that's my concern. And my tattoo was also only 60 bucks and to me it doesn't look like it was 60 bucks and i also my friend was like did you tip him and i was like no she's like you're supposed to tip him are you supposed to tip tattoo artists
0: yeah i have no idea
1: yeah that was a whole tangent that was not planned but um yeah i plan on getting another one i just don't know where or what i want something on my ribs because it's easily hidden but i don't know i heard it's really painful and like i don't know i'll stick with my tramp stamp for now i'm good
0: Yeah, I'd imagine the ribs could hurt yeah you'd think any place where there's like bone fairly close under the skin is going to be pretty sensitive
1: yeah I think that when I see people with like head tattoos I'm like oh that had to hurt jeez Louise
0: gosh I I had a bunch of piercings when I was younger but I don't have any of those anymore my body is like I've kind of got an like my skin has like a allergy to like metal Really yeah like my wedding band is titanium and it's the only ring that I've really been able to wear long term Wow like otherwise like if I wear a metal ring it'll like make my skin break out where it almost looks like I've got like poison ivy or something
1: oh jeez
0: yeah it's kind of fucking wild
1: that is
0: but that it happened I had my my eyebrow pierced and like it kind of healed out of itself where it's like the the holes just kept getting closer together until eventually I just took the piercing out and just let the whole thing heal over. Cause I was like, this thing's just going to get ripped out someday at this point. And it like, it, it never healed correctly just because my body was like, what the, like the same. I had, I, at one time I had two piercings, I think in each ear and they both went the same way. Whereas like eventually it would just get to the point where they would almost be like infected. And so I would just have to take the piercing out and let it heal up. And then I'd pierce it again. And then eventually the same thing would happen again. And it's just like, fuck it. Oh, God, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the universe's way of telling me you don't look good with piercings, dude. (laughs) I remember a girl in middle school telling me one time, she's like, Joe, don't ever try and act badass because you are not badass. (laughs) I remember at the time it almost hurting my feelings. But now in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, that's true. I'm not. (laughs) like I can be assertive and I can act tough to like, because I've found that just, you know, walking with like a certain presence can keep you from being a target. But it's like, when it comes down to it, my wife always says it too. She's like, she's like, when you walk around at night and like you walk that different way that you do at night, she's like, you'll be fine unless you start talking and then people realize you're really nice. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just too giggly. (laughs) Be like, Hey guys, we're going to have a problem here. (laughs) (laughs) they'd be like we're robbing this guy twice (laughs) this
1: is so i hate this is a terrible segue (laughs) (laughs) now i'm excited (laughs) about like laughing and like robbing somebody and i just made me think of like jesse smollett and how he got convicted of like assault i
0: saw that yeah he like got uh convicted on charges like making up that that attack or whatever.
1: Yeah, I heard that they, in court, I heard this, that in court that they showed the video, there was like surveillance video, I don't know if it was from like a nearby business or a traffic stop or something, of him and the two guys that he paid to do it, like in the area where the assault happened the day before, like going through it.
0: (laughs) They were blocking. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's so terrible.
1: I mean... mean, (laughs) Talk about sticking to a story like I don't and I don't know what did or did not happen. It doesn't it didn't really sound a whole believable to me from from Jump Street, but I could also be wrong. But like if he did lie, there's sticking to a lie like we've all done. I mean, at least I've done, but like not, you know, whatever. But like that then there's like sticking, sticking to it like Jesse. I don't think his career will ever make a solid comeback, but you know. He was well, on a hit show
0: for a little bit. What a! It. What's just crazy is that there's so many examples, you know, where people in, of color in this country are legitimately being, you know, like terrible fucking shit is happening. And to, so it's like, why? Why would you feel the need to go out of your way and make something up so fucking crazy when it's exactly. like, exactly? It's like to to be the age that he is and be a person of color in this con in this country, he has to have multiple true stories of, of like, cause it's like, like I growing up in a, in a small rural town, like I growing up, I had like one like black friend and I can think of a half dozen instances of shit that I saw happen to him that, that where would be just, he's just walking across the street and cops want to stop and just, what are you doing? it's like, what, it's a crime to fucking cross the street? Hotel here, convenience store there. He's got a Mountain Dew in his hand. You can't do that math? Like, what the fuck, man? It's, I don't...
1: No, you're right. And like, and there's, I would, and and it's unfortunate to say, but he's probably got life stories that he could tell he didn't need to fabricate. Exactly. Like, you just...
0: But you know, it's it's easy for me to wax poetic about it from from my little microphone here in Iowa, you know, being a cisgendered white male. But it, it doesn't, you know, it's not it's not good when when things like that come to light. It's like, oh, you made up something that turned into a giant story, and then it turned out it's a big lie. All that does is is hurt other legitimate
2: mm-hmm. stories,
0: especially when it's been so prominent in the news like especially since 2020 with with all the black lives matter stuff and and you know it's something that's been thrust into the headlines into the forefront so much that you know it was something that i think a lot of and it's sad that a lot of people in this country didn't realize that it was at that point but it's like it is and it has been for a very long time and now it's out here and it's high profile, and then you get somebody who's high profile that makes up this, you know, basically a cry wolf story about it, and it's just nothing good will come of that, man.
1: Yep, it's. I agree, and it'll, and just to even be part of the reason why the next time somebody will say something happened to them, that one person's going to go, oh, they're probably lying. That guy lied. That actor lied when it happened to him. Like, why take that? You're now taking credibility away from somebody who you know, who so desperate. I mean, like so many people aren't believed. People just assume things like that don't happen. They happen all the time. Mm-hmm. There's no need to lie. And it doesn't have to be you like, just let another, it'll happen to somebody. Eventually, unfortunately there was no need for you. Mm. It's just so like, it was like a cry for attention. I don't know what it was. It's
0: absolutely. It had to have just been a cry for attention. And it's, and how toxic is that, that that's what you would want to be like, like, that's what you want to be known for mm-hmm. like, wow, man, that's just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I think it's really, really super sad that the thing happened. I, I both feel bad for him and I don't know. It's a very complicated feeling, you know? It is. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. This country's very fucked up on multiple levels. And and I think until they have until it has several honest conversations with itself on several of these different levels, it's like I think we're just doomed to repeat the same shit over and over again.
1: Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's just so many people have blinders on and so many people are unwilling to step outside their comfort and everybody like step outside their comfort zone to recognize that like life is more than just what you're experiencing. And like what you may be doing to contribute to what other people are experiencing is like, Oh, it's just golly. I just, sometimes even going on the internet is just taxing. I just don't even want to do it.
0: Oh yeah. That's, that's the way I feel about Twitter. Like I have a love hate relationship with Twitter. I it's like, I, I already recognize that Facebook is a fucking cesspool And if it weren't for the Leftover Army and the (laughs) Heroes of Noise community and the Scenic Cast community, you know, places like that, where it's like these great little pockets of of humanity and good communities where you can go in and you're not going to deal with the the regular shit that you're going to in other parts of the Internet. If it weren't for those spaces, I wouldn't even be on Facebook. And and for Twitter, I kind of liked it for the longest time because it was like, like it's, you know, there's a real world chance that you could, you know, like... Tag Mark Hamill in a tweet, and he might engage with you, or or Ryan Reynolds, or something like that. You know, I mean, it's like, it's a it's a way to really get in contact with you know different celebrities and stuff like that. That's really not there in these other social media things. But it seems like Twitter is just such a fucking schoolyard of bullying, it and really just and piling on. And it's like you got to say, you got to toe the exact line to make this group of people happier, they're going to pile on and attack you. And so it's like lots of times with Twitter. It's like, I feel like I get on there and I retweet stuff. I share links for the podcast. I, um, I always try and, and go through it at least once a day to find friends shows, you know, and like tweet and, you know, retweet them and stuff like that. And, but yeah, otherwise Twitter grosses me the fuck out. I, <laughs> I, I, I tend to love Reddit these days. And and I think it's just because I, as I get older, I get more and more obsessed with reading news.
1: <laughs> Reddit's another rabbit hole.
0: Oh, it can be. <laughs> Reddit's weird too, because it's like Reddit's like the fucking wild west. It's like you can find like super legit, wholesome content, and then you type in the wrong keyword sentence, and it's like the <laughs> filthiest, fucked up, most types of porn that you can imagine. And There's it's a porn on Reddit. Oh so much. Every any type you can think of. It's fucking I remember when I first found that out, I was like, what is this? It's like you type in any sort of sex act and there's probably a subreddit for it. It's oh my fucking goodness. weird. <laughs> it's <is> fucking <laughs> weird, man. <laughs> like I remember the first time I was scrolling through Twitter and like I scrolled past like legit porn and I was like, What is this? But then yeah, Reddit took that to a whole new level. Oh
2: wow.
0: It's weird stuff. <laughs> <so funny. laughs> I mean, you basically you just type in almost any any seemingly innocent word in Reddit, and then just go to like the uh, communities part of the search results, and just start flipping through there, or come up with a suggestive word and look for the communities based around that. It's <laughs> woo. There's a lot of people online who are not afraid to let their freak flag fly. And that's cool. More power to them.
1: Yeah, everybody has a community.
0: (laughs) I like how we've transitioned from talking about serious racial issues to now talking about internet porn.
1: (laughs) Everything, there's a segue from everything to every other thing. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> oh, boy. I've had the best time talking with you, Stephanie.
1: This was so much fun. <laughs> like, this was a blast. It really was oh my god this was great thank you so much for having me on
0: oh absolutely and this is something we're going to do again (laughs) (laughs) you're a fantastic guest
1: (laughs) thank you yeah this was this was exactly what i needed after this long week i haven't even like had a chance to just like laugh and like think about just random things and this was perfect what the doctor ordered
0: (laughs) fantastic (laughs) Where can people find more Stephanie in their lives?
1: You can find me on popcultureleftovers.com and sceniccast.com.
0: Awesome. Check her out. Your movie reviews are spot on fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to be laughing about this all week. <laughs> uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Startcast.